Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Travol, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And the Triumvirate's back again after a week of uh, 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 just some double action. Uh, we got the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, let me ask you, what is your rage level when you get to the end of the school year and they send back home like half the supplies that you just dropped like, you know, you know a couple of notes for? Um very high and i i have a story about that which is we got the supplies list um for my oldest son and the teacher wrote i do not need any extra supplies besides what's on this uh, besides what's on this and i thought wow she rich i was like somebody's uh somebody's been stockpiling or something or maybe you're being judicious (laughs) with the markers that uh that you've gotten in previous years but I'm here for it, man. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes we throw an extra, uh, you know, set of markers for the kid that maybe, uh, you know, forgot or couldn't afford yeah. them. And, and uh, nope, she is saying, please don't do that. So, okay. Game on. Or maybe she's evil. Maybe she's trying to, like, make the kids uh, who, who don't have, you know, don't have the means. Maybe she's trying to be a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I I would check up on that. Just what about the kids? What about the kids? good is winning for evil. What about the kids that already paid for their markers? Huh? Why are you mar- Why are you into markers? Oh my god! To, today of all days. <laughs> I, I just picture this lady is the Jordan Mead. Fuck them kids. <laughs> uh. <laughs> how about? I mean, how much does a 
how, how much do a couple of warplanes cost? Because I like rather them not fly as well. Moving on. So what's up, fellas? I mean, this is uh, this is officially the last the last show before week one, and in fact, this is the first show before week zero. We are in a paradox universe uh, right now. It's fucking here. Yeah, we're on the cusp of it. I I just I I was talking about this before we hit record, but I I am I'm so like the best year that I had with college football was PS PS View PlayStation View uh, years. I think it was two years, right, Brendan? That we had that two years, sweet sweet thing. And um, now there's I didn't even actually click through to the uh, to the article to read it, but then YouTube TV is talking about given us a, the four screen magic back that we had at place on PlayStation view. Um, my follow-up question was, can I buy all of the stupidest channels? Like, can you offer me Bally sports Southwest just in case there's like a Louisiana tech game? I want to watch at nine o'clock on a Thursday night. Listen, you know? I, if they, I can answer if they would offer I can you answer that question. <laughs> okay. No. They will not offer you Bally's because no, from the moment I, I left uh Mediacom cable, and went to YouTube TV. Two weeks later is when they dropped all the fucking all the all the Fox uh, sports channels, which became Bally's. So like all my Tigers games, Red Wings get all that shit just gone in the trash. Two weeks after I I did the big cord cutting. I mean I guess back then it was like it felt like a bigger deal. Now everybody's streaming. It's it's all over the map. But it was like what the hell. Uh, so they don't they don't have ballets. Their sports package isn't as good as what it was when I the day I signed up. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But in a few years with all the different like with college football, like with all the different stuff going on, you're probably going to need some screens. Yeah, I mean, you're more than more than ever. Yeah, it was it was so much fun that like, you know, you were let's say the Notre Dame game started at two 30, right? So you had a couple hours, um, you know, where it was, it was probably noon to two, you know, two, two o'clock, let's say where you wanted to watch some games, but you really didn't have like a game that you needed to, to tune into. There wasn't, I was, there was a big noon kickoff. I don't remember, but, um, so I, yeah, back then watched, it wasn't, it wasn't like yeah. that back then. So I was watching, um, Notre, uh, Northwestern, uh, Stanford on one channel, Harvard, Harvard and (laughs) Harvard and Penn on another channel, like yes, network. I had, um, you know, North Texas and whoever on the third channel. And it was just like, I was, it was just, you were, and then all of a sudden you'd find like a, you know, especially when the FCS playoffs got going and you were, that was your fourth screen. Holy cow. I was in heaven. I was in heaven. I miss it so much. Please somebody bring that back. I'm a two TV guy where I go through the college football season with two TVs and then my tablet serves as the third because there's always going to be at least three games that I want to watch going on at any given time. And if I'm getting this for TV and they have the mosaic modes, what they're calling it, and they haven't put any sort of date or time on it and knowing our luck, it's going to happen once the college football season's over. Um, Yeah, (laughs) but I'm I'm beyond pumped to be able to have at least on my big TV, the four games, and then to just phase the the tablet out of the mix is going to be nice. Well, it'd be nice if it's offered like on the tablet, like, you know, not every like, 
like I'm hoping that you're gonna be able to do it like on a tablet so like when i'm gone oh, yeah 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 for sure yeah, yeah. If, well if it's on the youtube app that, it'll be it'll be on the tablet for sure maybe i mean but you know, there's different versions of the app there's the you know they have the you know your your different your your handheld device devices and your ones for your tv they're they're built differently so you would hope that they would put it all in Hopefully. Yeah, because they they keep saying TV apps in the mosaic mode, but um, it just has subscribers for at the same time dividing TV screen into quadrants. Uh, it doesn't say anything about Android or Apple, uh, but I would imagine if you're going to have it on on your television version of it, you'll have it on the apps too. I don't see why not. Well, let let us subscribe. <clears throat> I think I think last year. I don't know. I would put the noon games last year up against any other time slot for just pure entertainment purposes. And I, I sit there and say that without any examples whatsoever, <laughs> but I just, I, I, sorry guys, my, my brain uh, is damaged actually. So fuck you. I'm not going to remember <laughs> everything, but I do. What I do remember are vague images of, or I just, those noon games just hit so good last year. Um, it just felt like, you know, there was a lot of action going on. You know, you get that first hour, hour, 20 minutes. You're just, it's like, it's like getting into a fight. You just, is like the first 10 seconds, you got a feeling your way around. And then all of a sudden, boom, there it is. There'd be one game or two games. And it was exciting. I, I just thought, that, I just remember for, with no examples cited whatsoever. I just think I remember that the noon games last year were pretty damn good to watch. There was there was some good stuff going on, and that's like that's not even including, you know, Fox trying to beef up their, you know, their noon kickoff, big noon kickoff stuff. I'm talking about just regular old ass uh, nooners, because I mean a nooner can be wonderful and better who, who doesn't than prime time. Well, that's what Fox is trying to push. Is they're trying to push the the importance of the noon game. I don't have a problem with that. No, because that means you get better product spread throughout the day. That's I mean, my it, thought. Yeah, I hate when college they put football. Three college football prime fans are not NFL fans. We are not. You know, there is not. We we don't need that shit. I want it all day long. I want to be able to watch college football from noon to three o'clock in the morning. There better well, be games on noon. I want to. Wanna, yeah, I want to fall asleep uh, watching Hawaii. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yep. That's that's what I want. I want to fall asleep watching the Holy War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what the uh, that's what, and, that's what and, and you dream for a game that's so exciting that you think to yourself, I can I can just get a nap tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to get it, but I'll, I'll just get a nap tomorrow. You know, you get it in that homily that just uh, I was that's gonna, just I was just going to say just a little overextended. You get it in the pew, just a little overextended. You know, look, there's no difference between. I got the point five minutes ago, Father. Wrap it up. It doesn't. Uh, you can't tell the difference between praying with your eyes closed and sleeping, as long as you don't make the snoring sound. Just saying. Yeah, just I'm really I'm deep in I'm deep in prayer, Father. <laughs> <laughs> just praying that that overhit. Um. Uh, all right. So yeah, we're here. We're excited for college football. We're we're talking about about multi screens and and all that good stuff and and uh, yeah, I. I am so done with the off season boys. I am one fucking billion percent done with off season. Cause the off season is nothing but 
recruiting, which is fun, but recruiting has gotten so absolutely stupid lately. I started to talk about this in the last or two pods ago, I think about my, my level of like, of uh, anger and just like frustration with recruiting. Cause now everybody's an expert just because they can count to five. Like no one follows a fucking thing. No one, no one watches film. None of that shit. They just see five stars and three star and trust some fucking Joe. That's that's rating them. that can't get a fucking job coaching, you know, NAIA fucking football that they're the tellers of all of all about what the talent level is. So everybody's a fucking expert because they can count to five and I'm just fuck. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of dealing with it. I'm sick of, I'm sick of, I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of that being you know, like the basis for what we, how we talk about all of college football in general, like all of it. And it saddens me to think that that's, but that's the direction everyone wants to push. And it's like, this is not the fucking NFL. I don't want to talk about two, three teams. This is called, we talked about this before the podcast, like <clears throat> before the podcast, we just, just naturally our conversation drifted off into to shit about like Stanford and Oregon state. Like we're talking about games <laughs> in Pullman Corvallis before we were, you know, with non Notre Dame teams, you know, before we even recorded this podcast, like college football and what that brings to the table. And I am just like completely fed up with these mainstream watered down basic bitches takes. I'm just, I'm so done. Let's get to the season. You no shit. Alabama's fucking great. Cause they got great talent. No shit. Okay. But let's, there is, <laughs> there are, there's a lot of stuff going on. And if you don't love all of it, then I don't know why you're not. I don't know why you're watching college football. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand you. I don't want to understand you because I think you're sick and you should be committed. So anyways, I've been drinking. <laughs> I think we've I think we've been clear on this podcast that we are we are Notre Dame fans first and foremost, but we are also college football junkies enthusiasts, right? And and I think that's why we had this conversation about games that are memorable to us that had nothing to do with Notre Dame and probably didn't impact Notre Dame one way or another. Now, it may have involved teams that we eventually played that season. Um, as, as was the case with, with Stanford and USC in the games we were discussing before we hit record. But, um, I, I am just, if you give me a Sam Houston state game, that's an, an enthralling, I'm, I'm here for it because I just love watching fun college football and uh, I don't necessarily need to have a rooting interest. Sometimes I have a betting interest, but, um, that's about as far as it goes. Or a lot of times of the yeah, game. I, I, I say that we are, I classify us three as. We are college football fans first. That just so happen to be Notre Dame fanatics. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I would, I would never miss a Notre Dame game. Like I was, I was, somebody was saying the other day about, uh, the UNLV games on Peacocks. Now we have to make a decision about whether or not to pay for Peacock. Like there is no decision. There is no, yeah, no decision. You, you charged me 30 bucks. I'd still want, I'd still want, I'd still try to get that game because I just, I'd, I'd, I'd want to watch it. You know, we'll and I wouldn't. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and I wouldn't want to have to go find it. You know what I mean? I, I will pay for that convenience. So I am probably in the minority on that, but uh, you know, maybe not among people listening to this podcast. I think a lot of a lot of our listeners are, are pretty oh, well yeah. like us. But um, and, and that's There's what a, I was saying. I miss a lot of keyboard warriors View. out there that are, that are posturing too. I, I miss I miss PlayStation View because I, I paid for that extra package that gave you Fox Sports Northwest. 
Seattle or whatever, just in case it had, you know, FS3, just in case it had a game on that I wanted to watch. Um, you know, Longhorn Network, ESPN Goal Line, uh, you know, just like the random ass channels because I was just like, I want it all. I want I, I want the opportunity to watch the game that I want to watch. Right. Uh, if it's on Yes or if it's on Bally's or whatever. You know, I cannot so. tell you how angry I was. It was the uh, Oklahoma Army game that was oh man, no. pay-per-view. And it was back and I had in – I had to read pay- Stu Mandel's like blow-by-blow updates because I, I – yeah, it was pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, no, but there was a way around it. Uh, it was oh, back when – Periscope. It, Periscope on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Periscope. That's right. And some guy just uh, periscoped it on Twitter. We were able to watch it. It was the hero. Was the hero. He was a hero. It was one of the yeah. games of the year. Yeah. It was one of the fucking games of the year. It was not televised other than pay-per-view. It's a fucking game of the year. I mean, it was incredible. And you had a hero out there periscoping it who everybody owed a beer to uh, for that. Because that was, I mean, that was just, that was pure awesomeness. What was that? Uh, 2018, which mattered to us. Yeah. 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 It was a game that mattered to, you know, I mean, it, that was a big matter into us. Uh, but just the fact it's army in, you know, in Norman, Oklahoma, taking on the Sooners. And there was a, it was that incredible Giving army team an here. Absolute game. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was all, Oh man, it was on. And, and, and again, bad mouth, bad mouth, the fucking service Academy is all you want. And I, fucking wish Navy would stay off the other day schedule for 5,000 years. But there are, there are years where some of the, you know, air force does it a little more than the rest of them, but army air force, Navy, they'll, they'll come fucking, they'll come play you. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be a proctology exam or, or, uh, it's the bad dentist vid- visit. Like Brendan did <laughs> you do a pick of, uh, of, uh, of Kelly in a chair or, or a Swarbrick in a chair with, uh, Mia Matalolo as the uh, as the dentist. Given Kelly the root canal, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, all right. From uh, yeah. the shot. Not fun. Ah oh, shit. Well, let's move on, fellas. You know what is fun? Uh, reviews. reviews. Yeah, it's it's fun hearing hearing good things about yourself. <laughs> like, like like it's nice. Like like thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, so just want everybody. Hey, we go. There's one week left. Let's see how many more of these bad boys we can get before uh, next week's uh, Ohio State preview pod. If you go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. I fucking tell you, if you haven't done it yet, get over there and do it. There are thousands of you out there listening to these things. I have the numbers. So get over there, leave a rating, leave a review. Whatever review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. What What kind of review, what kind of rating are we looking for, Brennan? Uh, we're looking for those earned uh, Julian Love five stars. Sorry, Jude. <laughs> I mean, Julian Love's a holder in the NFL, too. I know. I mean, that is a five star. I mean, he is multi-talented. It all fits. It all fits. All right. First one up tonight. I uh, got this is from Katie and D1. She said five stars. She says this podcast for you. If you are a 40-something ND fan, graduated in the 2000s, got busted at Finnegan's or Bridget's, mm-hmm. are currently waiting in a carpool line, were in Miami, Dallas, or at any of the appropriately 25 crushing road losses from 1995 to the present, 
still trek to South Bend three to four times per year, have a backer mix saved on Spotify, or have at least one kid with irreparable attachment to the Irish that makes you feel alternatively delighted and guilty, this podcast is for you. If an LSU recruit is even thinking about decommitting, you're going to hear it here first. My husband <laughs> and I my husband and I decided our COVID project was to buy a house in South Bend, and I assembled every single piece of Target furniture in my 1988 Champs home field t-shirt, listening to these guys talk about Tyler Buckner, five, five stars, go Irish, love you guys, you're welcome at my house anytime, Katie, class of 2001 from Indianapolis. Nice review, Katie. Everything she said, I felt. I want- I want and to party with no, Katie. Nothing more, nothing more than assembling Target furniture. Uh. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, I think we should figure out a way to podcast from Katie's Target couch. Uh, I think that would be a that would be a, that would be a fun, <laughs> fun ambitious project. The question is, how many of Katie's pieces of furniture are espresso? Because that is the superior color <laughs> of uh, Target furniture. As an owner of countless uh, espresso colored espresso items, over years, yeah, over the years, yeah, espresso has been my go-to. Yeah, that's uh, I have more than several uh, <laughs> espresso Target furniture pieces in this my, house. My work desk uh, is a Target desk. <laughs> hey, you know, Target is actually kind of a partner with SB Nation. The last few times I've done some uh, some link action has been all been Target stuff. So, I mean, nothing's going to come from it. They fucking don't care. <laughs> but, but it all fits well. Uh, thank you, Katie. Thank you. Yeah, hell, we'll look. I mean, you never know where I'm going to pop up at. So if I just start tweeting out, where's Katie's house? Uh, <laughs> just looking for a place to lay low for a minute uh, before we head, head on stumble up to the box. Again. <laughs> Too much fireball. <laughs> need, need Katie's couch. <laughs> <laughs> where's the target couch at? <laughs> oh, shit. First, All I, right, was, next I was involved in a shot now I need Katie's couch. <laughs> Pole three had me locked down. Yeah. Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, next one here. Five stars from Tom, not Reese. The fans okay. pod. I'm a longtime listener, first time reviewer, and an ND alum from the land of Xavier Watts. Hashtag GBR. This podcast feels like you're tossing a few back with the boys at a cookout or a local pub and just talking ball, doing stupid bits. Reminiscent on the past games and soaking in the uh, others' love and knowledge of college football. I love that these podcasts go two to three hours and the hosts are not in a hurry to spit out depth chart information or practice reports when they can instead dunk on Narduzzi or sports media figures that like. You get us so well. You get us so well. Since I love the hypotheticals and thought experiments, here's one I think is new. How many players would ND have to field at one time, offense and defense, to win a national championship? In other words, if ND could add their 12th best player to every play, would that be enough? Or would they need 13 or 14 to get past Bama? Who would you add? Is there a past year where there was a 12th guy that would have made it a no-doubter? I'll hang up and listen. Whew, man, that, that's a hell. These, are, these have been great reviews tonight. And that's a great question. Just add it. Like, does a 12th guy stop Eddie Lacy in 2012? Yeah. Maybe if that 12th guy was know. a... Was uh, Rania to a two houses opo stay if that If that 12th guy was... If it was uh, Naya? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you, put Naya you put Naya in a helmet and shoulder pads? 
She said she hated football. I know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The, I mean, the 12th uh, guy needed to be Kyle Reese, right? <clears throat> Sent back in time to to snipe Renaya Tuyasasopo. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime between uh, <laughs> November and, and December. Man, I... You know, I mean, uh, an extra uh, an extra safety like against Clemson in 2018 would have helped. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, for sure, an extra offensive lineman in 2018 would have been nice. Well, there you go. You get an extra player on each side of the ball, so throw throw an extra offensive lineman out there on in 13 or in on offense, an extra safety on defense. Gives new meaning to the jumbo package, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I still think, like last, like uh, Alabama, in uh, in twenty twenty, you might need, you might have needed <laughs> fourteen people to stop them. Yeah. I mean, they, Notre Dame played valiantly. You know, regardless of that score, but uh, God, they're just—they were so Could good. Could we just make Nick McLeod at one foot taller, or would that have helped? That would have helped. At least on one point, like that would I mean, how many? Notre Dame's not really a medical school, so I mean, we're gonna need a <laughs> we're gonna need a surgeon for that shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, although if we're making yeah. people if we're making people taller, then we're making Ambrose Wooden taller before we make Mick McLeod taller, right? I mean, all you got to do is just make his one arm like a half inch longer. Yeah. Maybe just not clip your fingernails. <laughs> Kyle Reese could have fixed it. Again, <laughs> Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. <laughs> Kyle Reese, please. Save Notre Dame football. <laughs> Ah, uh, shit. All right. Well, fellas, we got, I, I think we got a few tidbits I want to get across before we like start diving into, uh, to the season. <clears throat> First and foremost, uh, congratulations. Fullback Davis Sherwood yeah. on earning your scholarship. Last name, first name stud fullback. I am excited. Fullback. I, I looked on the website and it doesn't list him as Shut fullback, Josh. He was listed as a listen. He was listed as a fullback <laughs> in the spring. If you are ever listed as a fullback ever in your life, ever, you are a fullback are for life, for life, forever, forever, fullbacks forever. Like Zed from the hit movie Disney Channel original movie Zombies. I thought you were going to say Zed as the guy who owned the motorcycle in uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh. That's but dead you're dead. his gimp. You're his gimp forever. <laughs> uh, so that's ex- I mean that's exciting. I mean the the kid he was he had the fifth most he played in the fifth most games out of all the freshmen last year, uh, which is actually pretty impressive to be honest with you. Um, as a preferred walk on, um, I think he's from he was from Good Counsel. I believe that's right. Good Counsel over in Maryland, um, and it just be- became a a special team stud. Like, look, the guy, he's a fullback at heart, right? So he's going out there and kicking ass. I mean, just fucking just annihilating people. He talked about that. They uh, had a little interview about just running people, you know, running through people. That's just what fullbacks do. So congratulations to him. That's awesome. Uh, Not so awesome. 
Uh, but expected is the reason that there was room in that uh, scholarship forum was that Avery Davis is going to be, I'm not sure if this is even official yet, but I'm pretty sure this is exactly Avery Davis is going out of medical, which means his career at Notre Dame has come to an end. There won't be a seventh year. Uh, <laughs> both him and, and Sean Crawford have denied the seventh year at, uh, at ND. Uh, but, you know, sucks for him. And I mean, it just sucks to Avery Davis is such a, a, you know, an awesome ND guy and team guy. Uh, but it, you know, it is that move over there that opens up a scally and throws it Sherwood. Now, Jude and I talked about this. So the last time there was like with Salerno and, you know, like, is this just a, this semester scholarship? Is this for the rest of his time there? I mean, he's a sophomore. Uh, so, but I mean, they like him. I mean, I mean, you give a scholarship to a holder, which they've done before. <laughs> I mean, you give it to a guy that's out there uh, knocking dicks in the dirt. It's fine by me. Um, a little bit of other news. Cruton. Cruton. Thank you. Sorry. I'm just hissing over here like the snake I am. Like the snake's Notre Dame <laughs> is for flipping a Stanford commitment. Uh, Notre Dame just, just today, uh, very like, quick kind of a deal here. Uh, flip Stanford defensive end commit Armel Muckham uh, from Woodbury Forest over there in Virginia, home of Doug Randolph and Greer Martini and CJ Procise. Uh, if that school sounds familiar to you, um, other schools interested: Virginia, Wake Forest, Cal. The kid's smart. All right, he's smart, smart kid. Uh, so three-star prospect. And I started to like pontificate in the article that I threw up right before we started recording about. Don't equate this to, you know, the losing a key on. And that's where I was like coming up with the math. Like just because you're losing a five-star again, then it's not exactly it. Uh, you know, I still believe Notre Dame gets 27 to 28 commitments in this class. That could, he could have been a part of that, that plan all along anyways, with or without Keeley. That's don't, don't start looking at him as, as this is what you get instead of Keeley. Uh, just look at what you're getting instead. And which is a guy that, Hey, he's going to be a project guy and Notre Dame's done pretty well with those over the last decade. You know, they haven't all hit, but some that do hit have been really fucking good. Uh, so I'm all about getting older and staying old. And these type of things help you along that way. All right. You guys got nothing on that? <laughs> I have nothing. I saw that he's twitchy. So that's exciting. Love that word. Twitching. I also thought maybe we could put in a quick uh, shout for our new staffer too. George. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're, I think we're going to start stacking some staff, uh, but we got do have a new, uh, new staffer here in uh, Jordan, who was a 2013 um, Jordan Brown, 2013 graduate of Notre Dame. Uh, get a little bit of the data viz going on. Um, he's got some, got some good stuff going on with, uh, with maps, which I love and data. You know, I, I don't think he could recite off uh, the last 15 years of uh, Indiana, Ohio commitments in their high schools, uh, but he can map them. <laughs> they look pretty. Uh, so pretty excited I, about that. I, so I think welcome my, to the team, Jordan. I think my favorite thing about Jordan is that he refuses to take slander from his folks in SEC country because he's from originally from southeast Louisiana. Uh, I, he's automatically A plus in my book for that. Yeah, you, you got to have some. You got some thick skin to uh, to live down in uh, 
down in that area because they love this. Must have been some very interesting conversations around the uh, the old kitchen table. Uh, come right around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Give or take a day. Oof. Yeah. Well, you know. Anyway, I'm excited about this football season, but I'm also excited about all of the enthusiasm I've seen in the last week trading emails about what we're all going to be doing to uh, to keep people abreast of what's going on football wise, not only Notre Dame football wise, but college football wise at one foot down. So I'm very excited to see some some old favorite columns come back and some some new ones like what Jordan's going to have be established. So. Yeah, we're gonna get after it. <laughs> so, <laughs> who who knows who knows how it all works in, in week three, uh, but you know we're gonna go fucking full steam ahead per usual. Even with even if we left the uh, the target furniture instructions in the box behind, uh, we move ahead and build this big espresso chest. Hey, I gotta tell a quick story, and I know it's not related to sort of what we're talking about, but. I have a friend uh, I've been talking to for you know quite a while, and she knows that I, I do a podcast about Notre Dame football. She has no interest in, in Notre Dame or anything athletics in that endeavor. But she finally tuned into the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she and I said, "What did you think?" She goes, "I turned it after, off after 20 minutes." And I said, "Why? Why is that?" And she goes, "You guys were just talking about breakfast foods. I didn't get a sense it was you were ever going to talk about Notre Dame." And I said, "No, that's our <laughs> podcast." <laughs> yep. Welcome. <laughs> So I thought, you know, I thought our our position on McDonald's breakfast was was well was well documented, well established, well defended. And uh, I'm ready to restart that argument whenever anybody wants to uh, to talk about it. We'll do it on Katie's Caps if we need to. All right. So. <laughs> Does that does that does that clean up sort of the the housekeeping for? Well, did we start, did we announce Hamlet Tibbs on the last podcast? No, no, because that, that just that, that just happened. Okay, because it was rumored, right? It, there was a rumor about a week before that he actually actually got the job. <clears throat> I did see I did I saw a little bit of that, and I bet I didn't dive any down any rabbit hole, but Pat ended up seeing to get had the story up pretty quick. So he must've had kind of a, um, kind of knew the line, what was going on there. Yeah. And he was from Albany, right? Al- he, he uh, coached Albany. He was assistant coach at Albany. Is that right? The the Danes, the Dane, the great Danes, great Danes. Great Danes. Yeah. That's a pretty good name. Be better if they're Vikings. That's a great name. I don't know that there's many other colleges that are great Danes. I think that's a that's a pretty good one off right there. Well, I was I was always pissed when Hofstra dropped the uh, the Fighting Dutchman and made it made themselves the Pride instead. And I was like the like the Flying Dutchman is like like a great fucking college name, you know. But I was just kind of like I was screwing around on on home field and. Uh, Hope College is up in Holland, Michigan, and we were yeah. kind of joking around about about you know like our daughter going there or whatever. And it's a pretty like <clears throat> evangelical like conservative school. That's where my uh, uh, son's uh, kindergarten teacher went. <laughs> the, the twenty the twenty three year old. You know? Yeah, the class of twenty nineteen. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Well, well, she was living the life in Holland. But so I just went there to like as a joke, we were gonna I was gonna get live a shirt. Uh and you know, it's like, hey, this is where we're gonna go, because we're we're moving there. Uh <laughs> let's graduate. But anyways, they're the I think they're the flying Dutchman, right? Well, they, they had were, a flying were, Dutchman they shirt. They were founded by Dutch immigrants. So yeah, they're all Dutch. Yeah, it's Christian, all Dutch up. It's there. all Dutch. It's all Dutch Christian reform on the west side of the state. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the got the Dutch tulip festival, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's all Dutch Christian reform. That's uh, that's the religion oh, of I Western. Think, actually, I think the ladies' team might just be calling it the Flying Dutch, which is interesting. Is that is a flying nod, Dutch woman? There was there was a movie Predator. There was a cuckoo clock store. There was a cuckoo clock store in Holland that I spent. I don't know how much time it was. I could have spent like another like two hours in there. Just absolutely incredible. Love the fucking cuckoo clocks. The Dutch are dope, man. Yeah. And Gouda is fantastic. She go on everything. I don't know where the hell we're going with that, but I like Gouda. You like good melting cheeses. Mmm. Coming a solid rind. Ah. Uh. So I think that kind of covers most of the news. I look. I hope the traffic has been great for the the gentleman's review of uh, <laughs> football practices, which is neither gentlemanly nor really a review. <laughs> Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> uh, basically, it's just like, oh, they said that these guys were hurt uh, and a few other things. It's just uh, Notre Dame has not. Uh, the access to to the, to the media hasn't been there, and it's fine. Nobody nobody's super super mad about it in the media. I don't believe there's a few that are probably like a little shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. But just be I mean, glad uh, be glad we're not Clemson because uh, in previewing for today's uh, podcast. I was trying to find Clemson practice notes, and guess what? There are not uh, Clemson practice notes. Ooh. <laughs> Dabo keeps do, keeping it secret, huh? Do you want to be the Clemson secret. writer that, that talks about uh, how big of a bust DJ Uyangale ends up being? <laughs> it's a good thing they don't have an athletic writer anymore right now because uh, they wouldn't have a whole lot to write about. All uh, of their oh, articles. Grace is writing them? I thought Grace went national. Oh, she's in the national desk? Well, maybe she's just doing some national stuff because she can't get into practice. Oh, there we go. I mean, it's uh, – <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got, she's got to make a living. Dabo's biting the hand that feeds him. You know, I think the problem is that ever since people found out that Dabo gives carrots out for Halloween, that uh, <laughs> it's been real downhill since then. So <laughs> It's tough for him in the neighborhood. <laughs> it is tough for him in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, Grace's pro, uh, Twitter profile lists her as the recruiting college football reporter for the Athletic. Yeah. She she went national, man. They don't they oh presently do not have because I the first thing I did was I checked the Athletic because I knew Grace would have had it on lock and there's nothing and I was like, well shit. And then I went to the SB Nation site, nothing. The only so articles Anna, you can Anna find Hickey. About, oh yeah, Anna, Anna, she's a fan of. Uh, she comes comes in for. I'm not sure if it's Rivals or 24-7. 24-7, I thought, right? Yeah, but Anna, yeah, Anna Hickey covers Clemson, too. Yeah, I couldn't find couldn't – f- the only thing you can find about Clemson, about their upcoming season, is all of the articles about Clemson. You can go you can go check them all out. 
Oh. All of their shit is about reactions to polls. So if you try and find some information about how other than first day of practice, or I think it was the third practice, the first one they had pads on, they uh, they had some media availability. And after that, it is a uh, all Clemson articles about the 2022 season is reactions to the media ranking them. Do you think that's you? I mean, I don't know what Clemson's access was last you know, in years prior, but they got to replace offensive and defensive coordinators. Or they yeah. replaced offensive defense coordinators. Yeah, Brandon Streeter and uh, Wes Goodwin. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brandon, I don't, I don't mean to contradict you here, but uh, Anna now Adams, after getting married, apparently says camp availability oh. viewing is over. It's eleven hours ago. The gist of what we learned about Clemson C's fans, including positional and depth chart tidbits. Those eleven so hours, it, but yeah, that's paywalled, right? Ago. It is paywalled. Yeah, so I can't, uh, I can't do anything with that. <laughs> That's, you gotta you gotta you gotta re up on the uh, the two four seven life, huh? I'll send you the I'll go I'll go read it. I'll send you the crib notes. I'm just gonna read. <laughs> Will Shipley overused? DJ Uyangale overhyped. Mm, well, yeah. That's like, I'll be shocked. I'll I'll be shocked if Shipley's even remotely healthy by the time they come to Notre Dame. I ain't gonna lie. Well, I think he's a good, I think he's a good running back. Good, good, good. Possibly could be great, but I think I don't know. Maybe that, I don't want to blow my whole Clemson Elliott, load now. Maybe now that Tony Elliott's gone, <laughs> I don't want to blow my whole Clemson load now. But uh, let me tell you, man, uh, season's uh, nine day, ten days out, and uh, they do not have uh, the right side of their offensive line settled. Uh, which for Will Shipley, that does not. They have neither a right guard or a right tackle fully settled. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. If I mean, why doesn't Clemson just put in one of their five-star offensive linemen? All of the ones that they have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they got plenty of top 150 offensive linemen, right? Well, yeah, of course. No. Yeah. I think Carmody is the only guy they've ever had that was in like the top 500. He is. He was the name we constantly have said. Uh, they had to like steal him out of Ohio. Yeah. Bastards. Uh, speaking of Ohio. Yeah, that's where we're going to be playing right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on. All right. So let's. Um, Let's get into into to it all. Oh, and, and just kind of a quick update, by the way. Uh, you know, it would it, the Notre Dame Ohio State line moved up to sixteen last week. You put an article out about it. It's back down to fifteen and a half. So shit, I should have I should have grabbed our uh, should have put our home field money 16. then. Yeah, at sixteen. I don't th- I I don't think it's going to shoot down below below fifteen and a half. But but yeah, it did spike up to sixteen. Uh, how long do you know what was that on Friday or something like that? I put a put a post up about it. Uh, the twenty first, so just yeah, three days ago or whatever. So yeah, we're committed, man. Let's do it. Uh, I, they're they're gonna cover that spread. Yeah, I think so. I <clears throat> I went back and watched just kind of. Um, a chopped up Oregon 
Ohio State game. And and I really hate doing that because it's we are talking one year later. Yeah. Um, different teams, different coaches, different coordinators. Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. So and for Notre and for Notre Dame for that for that matter, but it's just it, there's a blueprint there. There's just there is. And until Ohio State proves otherwise, just like there's a blueprint to beat Notre Dame. But and until proven otherwise, that's what works. I mean, just showing up in that stadium and beating the shit out of them is a blueprint. And I mean, physically get after them, physically get after them, stopping and them on third down. I can't believe Oregon was able to do that. I don't, I, I understood Michigan doing it. And, and honestly, the, that whole, that Michigan game was a big combination of, of how many years of frustration multiplied times being more physical anyways, uh, to the square root of snow game. It all made, that, the game last year made sense uh, for Michigan and Ohio State. The Oregon game doesn't make as much sense, especially when you think like Thibodeau was out. And, and, their line, um, and they're the linebacker out yeah. too, their best linebacker. <laughs> yeah, Sewell. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to, to cultivate I want to come up with like three sentences to like give my entire like prediction for this game. And I'm not there yet. I'm still mush mouth. I'm a little all over the map, but I'm getting close. But 15 and a half, 16 points. I just, that, that seems a little wild to me right now. It does. It does. The national people say Notre Dame's down their best wide receiver in Avery Davis. Heard that on Sirius this week. <laughs> Hey, you went on you went on a podcast today, did you? Brenda? No, I go on a podcast on Monday, man. Uh, Monday. Uh, Monday. I'm going to be on Silver Bullet. I'm going to be on the SB Nation uh, Ohio State podcast, Silver Bullets, for 15 minutes, and you will. Are they uh, are they ranked above us in the uh, the listenership? They are. Oh. Well, they they go back. We go back and forth yeah, with Flip Flop. Flop. Yeah, with them. But uh, yeah, I, I I will not be doing a uh, I will not be doing the. The, the Pete Sampson uh, shit on Notre Dame with opposing uh, opposing fans. So the apology tour. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing I'm the apology. <clears throat> hey, it's a tr- it's a real thing. Pete even mentioned it on the on the Shamrock this week about the way he has to talk about Notre Dame on other pockets. No, you don't. There is not a way. There is just there is not I, a different way. There is the way. I heard him on a Texas podcast and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was it was it was something uh, them forcing him to say nice things about uh, Houston Griffith. It was it was something else, man. It <laughs> <laughs> must have hurt so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Houston's a Texas guy and they're like, or maybe oh, or know, maybe that's maybe, maybe that's sad. Pete Sa- Sampson's super. Houston's not a Texas guy. He was a Chicago guy that went to oh. IMG. I, well, the guy on there was like, Houston's my guy. Oh, Houston's a city in this state. That's what I know. <laughs> they don't got no players named College Station. That's all I care about. Oh, I think it was worse than they were. Uh, they were Longhorns, I believe. Ugh. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, well, we are here to go game by game. Show me the loss. Show me the fucking loss. This one <laughs> it might be the name of this podcast. I haven't decided yet. But uh, Brendan, do you want to direct uh, direct traffic on this one? Yeah, I got it out, and we're gonna keep track of it too. Um, for all. Oh, of goody. Yeah, yeah, we got we got it there. We got the game. <laughs> we have game picks going back to 2020. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna include some uh, uh, game by game 2022s. How how have we done in terms of like our record for picking Notre Dame games? Because I know how we've done in like picking all the games, but do we have a we do we have blind spots for Notre Dame? Uh, Whatever Notre Dame's record has been over the last five years is my record. <laughs> well, not really. Well, we picked it, I was gonna say we picked against yeah, the spread, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean. I didn't mean to put you on the spot know. there, Brendan. No, because it's know. it's because uh, the problem, Josh, is like we all picked Notre Dame to cover against uh, Florida, Florida State, State last year. Yeah, that yeah. didn't go out so hot. No, yeah, we all picked we all picked them to cover against Toledo. Mm, that about that, that didn't work out. <laughs> they that. covered right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a backdoor cover, right? Oh, uh, a backdoor win. I was standing next to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a backdoor <laughs> win. Uh, we were far too excited for the conclusion of a Notre Dame Toledo game. <laughs> at least, hey, listen, at least we can say that we were we stood right there in the second greatest Avery Davis moment in his career at Notre yeah. Dame. I would, yeah, second or or maybe third because he did catch the he caught the touchdown in the the Clemson game too. Yeah, yeah, but still, I don't know. Still, yeah, it feels like number feels like number one's the bomb. Number two's got to be that. And number that three is back. the eventual touchdown against Clemson. Yeah, <laughs> boy, <laughs> so rough. Ugh. It was a great well, moment. It was a great moment. It was. So let's pull off the band aid. Um, jump right in game one at the shoe. ABC, the A team, Kirk Herbstreet in attendance, calling the game. Josh, you had mush mouth for the game. Yeah, I still do. But so for like a what two weeks now, maybe you've been talking about this Ohio State program. They score thirty-five, it's over with. Sure. Right? Can't yeah. win. They score thirty. They score thirty-five. You cannot win. And so you got to be you got to be careful with that. Look at the over/under. It's fifty-eight and a half. Spreads fifteen and a half. And so if you would have say like this is a 38, 35, you know, last minute win for Notre Dame. No, no, sir. No, sir. Is that what happened against Oregon? Is that how Oregon is? That is the weight of history is is against you there. I think Notre Dame can muck this up and how they muck it up 
is by being physical on defense, getting after Stroud, um, and against an overrated, at least I believe an overrated offensive line, getting after him, being physical in the secondary. They're going to take a couple penalties that we're going to all be fucking totally pissed about. Uh, but it's going it, to, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wide, we're shooting with a wide lens here. And I just, and on offense, I think you're going to see a, a shit ton of Audrey Kestame, a shit ton of Logan Diggs, Michael Mayer, Tyler Buckner running. I think you're going to muck it up enough, uh, force those guys down in and then boom. You, and you got players to hit them up over the top. You got Styles, Lindsey. Um, I mean, you got Merriweather, for God's sakes. I think they can do it. I think that's how you do it. Um, and that's like the most basic way to say it. Is I, I think they really muck it up on defense uh, and then pl- play a power game on offense, time management, time control. Um, and so that makes it a lower scoring game. So I'm going to go ahead and say Notre Dame. 27, Ohio State, 26. Wow. That's how it has to be done. So you're not sold on, you know, Paris Johnson Jr. flipping over no, from think, right guard to uh, instantly become an NFL first-round lottery left tackle. No, no. First I'm, not, I'm not sold on that offensive line. In no, his college no. uh, career. You know why I'm not sold on that offensive line? Because there aren't enough names on that offensive line that Notre Dame went after. If we know anything, if we know anything in this, like if you, if you want to like just compare, um, you know, apples to apples and shit, right. When it comes to offensive linemen and tight ends and tell me who's the best in the country. I, and I'm looking at the guys that Notre Dame goes after like Georgia has the best tight end room in the country. Hands down. Yes. I think Notre Dame still has the best tight end in the country. Michael Mayer, but all those guys in that room, Notre Dame has went after. You start you when you're playing other teams, and there's there's names on those lists that Notre Dame went after. You know, at least the offer or went after hard. There's not a lot in their in Ohio State's offensive line room that Notre Dame went after. And being in the same proximity in the Midwest, and being a power school and, and you know a blue blood program and all that, that says to me that. I don't think they're. I don't think they have the caliber of player that Notre Dame does on the offensive line. I'm just gonna say. It. And I think our defensive line is pretty damn. I think our defensive line is good to great. I think they are lined up to have a great season. Um, they're good right now. We'll see what happens. But you know, go. They're deep. You know, rolling too deep in that is, isn't a thing. I love the package um, with bringing Riley Mills inside and, and bringing Justin Amiola out on the edge with Foscow on the edge when they go nickel. That's all. That's all fantastic to me because those are pass rushers and Mills is just a. This is going to be a breakout season for him, I think. So that's it, man. It's in the trenches, and and can you you know can you muck it up enough, cause enough pressure to to really disrupt what they're trying to do in the passing game because those wide receivers in Columbus are just fucking incredible. They are, they are elite. Uber Not elite. As they were last year. Not as good as they were last year though. Yeah, I, and I think you're right. I, I was, you know, when I think about Olave and I think about Wilson, I'm like, they're talking up this, 
this uh, this wide receiver unit, like they're better than the one last year with Wilson and Alave. And now that two first how is pick. that possible? It's not. Yeah, I. It's not. It is a. It is an elite wide receiver room. Do not get it fucking twisted. No. But are they as good as last year? Probably not. I mean, you by, don't just lose a lot. By the and, end of their careers, they might be right. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. might be a first yes. round pick, but this year maybe by the, maybe by the end of the season. Right. Maybe by maybe by the end of the season, but first game of the season. First game of the season. Are you gonna be better than you were um, against <laughs> Michigan in a loss with the receivers that you had out there? No, no. I mean, Ohio State went for it on fourth down against Oregon um, five times, and they failed three times. Was it was it five times they went after, went for it? Yeah, and they failed three times. They, I mean, they moved the ball they exceptionally well. Up. I mean, they had an eleven play drive, sixty-seven yards turnover on downs. They had a six play, forty-two yard drive turnover on downs. Opening drive of the game, nine play, forty-four yards. Turnover and downs. I mean, they move the ball between the twenties, and you know, it they just didn't they just didn't get it done. So, yeah, there's some there's something to that. And I mean, obviously, uh, the best position group on the field is wide receiver for Ohio State among probably all all position groups probably, but that's a luxury position. Right. I mean, college football is is certainly more about wide receivers now than it's ever been in the history of the sport. But wide receiver is still and you can look at it through. I mean, it, it's still kind of a luxury position. Who do you like better? Notre Dame's offensive line or Ohio State's offensive line? Who do you like Notre better? Notre, Notre Dame's defense or no, no, Ohio no. State's defense? I mean, Notre Dame's defense last year was was pretty good, and it was what nineteen point seven points per game. Um, and their defense should, pr- even without Kyle Hamilton, their defense should be better this year. So, are you, definitely uh, seasoned. I, I mean, very, very better, a, ve- a very veteran front seven. I uh, I like to see what. I want to see what Marcus and Al Golden have cooked up in this offseason. And we've kind of been talking about it a little bit. It's been on the periphery. And we'll do it a lot with uh, next week's pod, too. But uh, sort of like how Brian Kelly planned out an offensive game plan for that Michigan game in 2018 with Don Brown and that dominant Michigan defense. Which, with uh, Which might be one of, the, one of the best game plans Brian Kelly uh, was a part of at his time in Notre Dame. I mean, honestly, and give him nine months. It's amazing what he can do. They have nine months right. to figure out a defensive game plan, and these are two defensive-minded coaches. I, I want to see what they cook up to slow down this Ohio State defense because I think that could be the difference. So, um, I'm 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 not going to shy away from it. I'm going to say Notre Dame wins this football game. Okay. Well, you take the easy am, money. I I am the Debbie Downer of this of this podcast, and I will I will serve my. Here goal. we go. Uh, um, I I, I, I asked to show a loss. You just you just said here. I I, uh, I have put fifty five dollars of my own personal money on Notre Dame covering the spread. I do still believe that Notre Dame will cover that spread. I think that's too much. Um, 
but I continue to have reservations about Tyler Buckner as quarterback, um, Marcus Freeman as head coach, the idea of playing in a, um, you know, a, 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 top, a top two of, of, of two teams and, you know, a clear number two over the last couple of years in, uh, in a hostile environment for first game. Um, I, I worry about the receiving core. I understand that that's a luxury position, but um, it's going to be a real, it's going to be real awesome for them when they're, when they're torching uh, the guys I don't trust on defense and in, in the secondary. So um, look, CJ Stroud is continues to be an amazing uh, athlete. And, and uh, I think I just have more confidence in, in some of the, the skill players on Ohio state than I do on some of the unknowns um, on, on Notre Dame side. I will obviously be rooting for my team to win, but I do not foresee an outright win. And so I will say Ohio State wins this game. And you I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. That's a fair statement. To, to, uh, say, to take you to task for that, Jude, would be um, that'd be something I'm stupid. I'm going to say um, be stupid. to keep it within the spread that I think is going to happen. I'm going to say uh, 35, 21. See, uh, say keeps winning when they get the 35. There you go. So, Judy, under your assessment, what what I heard was if Notre Dame just only if they just ran the T, they would be in a much better position. Yeah. You know, look, I'd say, look, if we hadn't lost our, our superstar receiver, top returning production and Avery Davis last year, um, you know, who knows what could have. It happened. all comes back to the T formation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all comes back to the T, baby. Comes back. Notre Dame box, baby. Notre Dame box. I tell you what, though. Um, <laughs> oh my God, the insufferability of everyone. Um, you know, ESPN um, people talking about Tommy Reese as the next head coach somewhere. Um, Marcus Freeman as God. Uh, Tyler Buckner as the great um, Asian American salvation, or you know, like the the new generation of. Uh, premier Asian American athlete. I mean, it's just like the amount of column inches that will be spilled. I want to say when Notre Dame wins this game, it's going to be just so funny, just so funny because everyone, there's going to be so many people, including myself, they're going to have to eat a lot of words and it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be pretty fun to watch. I'll, listen, if, if Notre Dame wins this football game, I will ship you a bib. And I will help feed you those words and to make sure that you keep your shirt clean. You can wear the bib. Um, I will eat anything and everything after Brendan eats the hat that he still promised us to, uh, two years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I thought before you, before the you hat's got still it, on the table that you were going to go with it. You're going to ship him some, uh, be bomb, uh, be bomb bop, right? The, the cream. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's Marcus great. Freeman too. Oh, that's right. That's right. The great Asian American connection, a Korean American, Korean American. Yes. Let's be more specific. Korean American connection. Yeah. Is there like a Korea today? I mean, uh, I mean what, if, what if, what if Jordan Patello picks one off? They will be on the front cover. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Um, I did listen like, to uh, so, our old so what analytics. You're saying, what you're saying is, is that we could have we could have some of that. Uh, what, what's that boy band? BTS. BTS. BTS yes, we yeah. could have some BTS magic. So, 
so we could get some of that BTS magic. Oh my God. Dude, if I'm we could get the that. BTS army to come out for Notre Dame in this football game, Ohio state fans mentions would be destroyed. Cause the only <laughs> thing more hardcore than Swifties in your mention is BTS, uh, the BTS army. The BTS army. Yeah. Dude, the, the BTS army is the reason why, like, at a rally in Tr- in Tulsa, Trump had like 200 <laughs> people show up yeah. instead of the expected Because he bought all. Because of the they fucking BTS. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Might have been like the funniest internet troll of all time. Don't mess. Don't mess <laughs> with they, the BTS. Army. That's what they did. No. Do not mess. It's, it's like it's like mentioning that woman that sang the uh, the NBC on Sunday night at NBC theme song. Uh, by name on, on the internet. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Adam Levine's uh, fans will come after you pretty hard too. Really? Oh, you know, you know who else comes after you pretty hard? A- Alabama fans. When you make an excellent point about them being <laughs> awesome, and they can't understand context because they're fucking morons, and come after you like you're a crybaby. Did you see what happened? No, I missed. Yeah, with uh, about the recruiting so, thing. That Alabama gets too many yeah, good so, recruits. So, it's boring. So Brandon, Brandon Walker, <laughs> oh, with, yeah. uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Barstool Sports. I saw that. Did yeah. a did a quick bit about. God damn it! Just you know, he wanted he wants more five star players to go like elsewhere just to make shit interesting. Like he just thinks it sucks that Bama gets all these great players and Bama's good all the fucking time. They're fucking awesome all the time. And he brought up Keon Keeley, basically you know decommitted from Notre Dame. He's just saying like. Wouldn't it be fucking awesome if you were just awesome at Notre Dame instead of going to Alabama? You know, it just he kind of made that point. And it wasn't it wasn't a slight against Alabama at all. It was actually it's a fucking out of the back. Yeah. yeah, it's a compliment. And but Bama fans cannot like I, they've been so good. I, they're looking for any little thing to get get that college football anger out on. You know what I mean? Like they're insecure about not being insecure. <laughs> Like they just, they went fucking nuts. My the mentions on on Twitter went fucking crazy for three days, and all I did was tweet out the video of it saying he's not wrong. Like college football would be more interesting if more big time players went to more different schools. It's it's not it's not a hard thing to understand, unless you're an Alabama fan. Then you're then you're a crybaby. Yeah, it's just funny that the timing on that because I had li- I had listened to that argument or that that clip the same day that I'd watched oh, epi- episode one of Manti uh, Untold documentary where he said that he wanted he was he wanted to go to USC he just didn't really wasn't that really interested in Notre Dame and you know he he runs into a guy at school. I don't think yeah like a, a student advisor it's I think it was a priest at his yeah, school and. And the I'm I'm gonna blow it, but the exact words were, were something to the effect of, um, oh, you you can go to USC and be the next great uh, defensive player from from a procedure next line of great defensive players from that have graduated from USC. I just thought you were interested in going to Notre Dame and being the best Manti Teo. And he's like, and from then on, it's yeah, like some along those lines. He's like, God was speaking to me through him, and I was like, oh my God, I've never been so thankful that that somebody interpreted that was like, God speaking to me. I need to do something. So Rick, uh, Rick Neuheisel still claims to this day that Matt, that Tao was committed to UCLA at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like they did an like Neuheisel was in an interview after the documentary came out and brought that back up. 
Same way he's uh, leaving out is that he was committed to UCLA. I mean, uh, I was committed uh, to dating Heidi Klum. I just don't know if she was committed <laughs> to dating me. So <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Gotta get I'm one. Get her on the podcast. Oh my god, I would die. <sighs> then that would be the video podcast. The f- <laughs> yeah. the first ever. Uh, game two. <laughs> game two. The uh, University of Marshall. We are Marshall. Um, we are Marshall. We got some Marshall. Brand new Sunbelt team, by the way, playing some fun belt. Woo! Yeah. yeah, look at that. Look at that. It's, good. it's a good. It's a good place for Marshall. I didn't think anyone got picked from. Uh, weren't they a Mac school? No, no, they weren't. Well, they uh, were at one point. No, they they were in the Mac. For oh a yeah, yeah, and for for a hot minute. But they, uh, I believe, they're Conference USA, right? Oh, USA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They and so uh, I'll start with Marshall. We got some notes on Marshall. Uh, they got Texas Tech transfer at quarterback. Okay. He's, uh, he's kind of scooty. Um, they uh, they didn't have a here's a fun one. They didn't have a single wide receiver who averaged more than 14 yards per catch last year. Uh, that's a stat Notre Dame's never had to my knowledge, at least as far as I can go back to have a wide receiver who didn't, uh, average at least 14 yards per catch. That's not great. Um, and, uh, they are replacing three, five, three of their five offensive linemen and, uh, all three of those five, this is fun. They were all five year starters. That's, that's not, that's not a, a stutter five year starters, three of them. They had five guys. Just remember three guys that played with each other for five straight years. Just remember Kane Madden was one of those Marshall offensive linemen. He was yeah. before he transferred in our day last year. Um, and then the, I guess the last note of, of note would be uh, Rasheen Ali. Uh, he's good at the sport of football, um, but he's right now they have listened out, right? They're saying that he might not play. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, he is, uh, he's elected not to play football Yeah, and he had a hell of a freshman year, uh, at running back. So, um, I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win this football game primarily because in most years, this would be the worst rush defense Notre Dame would see. They ranked 105th last year and seven teams ran for over 200 yards. And we think Notre Dame's going to run pretty good, right? Oh, we do. I think we so. Do. We do. I think, I, be- I think we do. I believe we have, believe we have that believe- belief. I believe we have belief in that belief. I think we are. I believe I believe. So I think this is a, this is a pretty good I believe good that layup. we can win. I believe that we can. I believe that we can win. Yeah. So uh, give me give me the Irish against Marshall. Bold pick. Do you have Brendan? Not putting you on the spot again, but do you have any sense of what the what the what they'll be favored by in this game? Is there anything <sighs> that tells you like does has Bill Connolly run some sort of like twenty four points? As I'm guessing. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's going to be north of twenty. It could depend. It could depend on, on what happens in Columbus. Yeah, but I, sure. I would say it's it's at least north of twenty. But yeah, really um, bad I rush do defense say, doesn't have their best runner. Uh, I do. I do want to say this is the game where we're going to see. Even if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, this is the game I believe that we're going to see the real difference between a Brian Kelly team and a Marcus Freeman team, because let, let's say. Let's say uh, what Jude scenario goes down in Columbus. I think a Marcus Freeman team shows up like 
those mid two thousand like uh, like a mid two thousand Ohio State team after a loss, and you're just looking to murder the next fucking person, right? Like two thousand seventeen. Drew Tranquil. Yeah, Drew Tranquil coming out and yeah, feeling sorry for the team. Yeah, it's yeah, you're just they're out to murder. Uh, And on the flip, let's say you beat Ohio State, you're going out there to murder them because now you're on a fucking roll. You beat Ohio State. You're probably ranked number two in the country going into the, going into the Marshall game. You're out there to leave no doubts. There, <clears throat> for whatever reason, however it worked out, Kelly's teams, lots of times, slow starts, sloppy, unfocused, um, and just you'd win the game, but it was it, it's there's just so ugly at times. Everything, all of them, right? everything I mean, after the New Mexico, game. Like New Mexico and BG, massive blowouts. I mean, we've seen massive blowouts from Brian Kelly before. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the reaction, the next game reaction to the game you just played is going to be the difference. I think they are going to be out for fucking blood because, let's face it, Notre Dame needs as much blood as they can get. They are fucking Nosferatu here um, in the college football <laughs> world. They have to. They have to get in there and get every fucking drop uh, to make up for not being able to walk around in daylight, a.k.a. conferences. In media members' eyes. Yes, so I just, I just made, made the most Catholic institution in the country, Dracula. But it's You don't good. think it's going to be a Ball State redux? No, or because they or fucking— Or even worse, the Toledo fucking, redux. Oh, boy, yeah. So Toledo, in hindsight, is actually that that was actually we should have expected that. But all state, they fucking mucked that up. So that was their own. Every bit of that was their own fault. Trying every to figure out what they wanted to do. Trying to trying to you know make, make it, Brandon Wimbush into something that he wasn't right. Yeah, That's and the I, game where he attempted I forty think, passes, even though it didn't make any sense. I think instead of trying to like do do certain things. They're just going to go out there and kick ass is all I'm saying. So I expect a huge, I expect this to be a, a massive blowout in, in, in a different could be a couple of different forms, depending upon the Ohio state game, how that goes down, but it's going to be out for blood. Uh, you know, Bram Stoker will write a new chapter from the grave. Jude following up with Bram Stoker uh, Redux. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with the majority here. Yeah. Easy win for Notre Dame. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll put it to you for this one too because this is officially uh, known as the Jude game. Cow, coming to town, green jersey <laughs> in the Jude game. They busted out the green for the Jude game. I'm very excited. I. It gets me that my plans fell through on this game because I really, really wanted to come to it. Um, I think it's going to be fun. And I think that the team's going to be appropriately hyped for it. And uh, I don't worry about them losing. So I also think that they're going to win this game as well. Josh, do you have any big thoughts about uh, Jake Plummer coming back to Notre Dame Stadium? (laughs) I... (laughs) The the only... Only that uh, somehow I'm always surprised when I see that Arizona State game was on that schedule. It always always stands out. Anyways, um, I'm actually not nervous about this game, but 
I think after the bloodbath of the thundering herd, I I think there's going to be a little bit of a slip here and maybe it's from injuries or whatnot, but I think it's going to, I think the game's going to be a little bit more uh, laborious um, than we'd like. Um, who knows what the fucking spread's going to be. Um, but I mean, I like Notre Dame to win this game, but this is going to be the one where we're like, Ugh, glad we got the fuck out of there. So, uh, not Jake, Jack Plummer, the quarterback Plummer, of Purdue last year. Uh, he's the starting quarterback because Cal is replacing their quarterback, the running back, their top two wide receivers, and their tight end. Um, I like Notre Dame to, to keep this going. I don't see why we can Josh, I don't see why the murder train can't keep going. Yeah, well, yeah, batteries need recharged. And when I say batteries, I mean um, whatever dark magic uh, exists in the in the empty veins of a uh, of a Nasratu. This needs a little recharging is all. I mean, this has got to be Justin Wilcox's last season in Berkeley, right? Do you know he got called and offered the Oregon job in the offseason? <laughs> Was it offered or did they just ask him to interview? No, they. I think they because he's an alum. So I, I think they. I thought. Offered him I thought they were just wanted to interview him. Well, I, yeah, it might have just been an interview. Either way, he told him no. Which so ba- is uh, basically oof. is the battle for, is the battle for the Bay Axe going to be uh, the battle for his job? Oh man! Do they even care? I mean, honestly, does does Callens does does Cal even care? I don't know. I don't know how he's still there. I mean, last year was supposed to be a season that they were supposed to turn a corner and they didn't. So yeah, you're right. I, I don't, how, I don't, I don't even know if they care. It's I like Stanford this, keeping, uh, uh, David Shaw uh, around I mean, forever. This feels like, this feels like a six, six, six and six or at best team, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. See, you just I said mean, it. There is dark magic. Six, six, six. You just said it. Oh, boy. I don't have to play Utah. I guess they got that going for them. <laughs> All right. Oh, they play you. Oh, that's right. They play UNLV. Let's get to the next game. Well, the one I want to get angry about. Oh, boy. Uh, we talking oh, North boy. Carolina at North Carolina. Yeah. We talking uh, why are Mac you, Brown why are you, magic. Why are you angry? Because I had to sit there and listen. I don't even know sure which podcast it was. Um, there was a lot of podcasts I listened to the other day, and I just started listening to a bunch of them. But to keep hearing about North Carolina being a challenge in Notre Dame, I am just fucking. When is it going to stop? When are we going to stop saying this is a big game for Notre Dame? Notre Dame is fucking random, and that was with my boy fucking Fat Sam Howell. He's Fatty gone. Book. Yeah, he's gone. All of it's their shitty thing. line is gone. Every member of their shitty maybe, line. Hey, all five. Maybe that makes them a better team. team. Maybe that makes them a better team then. Every shitty, their shitty line is out of there. Did you, <laughs> you have did jo- you hear? You have uh, Josh Downs, who is legit. Josh Downs is legit as hell. But I mean, come on. How I many think, years are we going to keep keep bringing up North Carolina as like a dangerous team for Notre Dame, and then they just wipe their ass with them? Well, the other thing is, and it's. Notre Dame is by about. far the best best team on their schedule this year, right? Yes. 
I mean, NC State would, would be a distant second. I'm thinking if I'm just looking at this quickly. Depends I, on I, depends uh, on who you talk. Depends on who you talk to. You, you talk uh, to I mean, Big Game Boomer, and he'll tell you uh, that's tier one, baby. He's man. not the only one. Is the scary thing. There, there's no, a, there's well, they, a they, handful they, of people out there who really like NC State. They don't really – here's the thing. They don't really like NC State. They're just trying to outsmart the room by trying – like NC State doesn't really like play a whole lot of stuff. So like who can we pick that's like the, the media darling? Let's pick NC State. That's fun. I mean they snuck a game out against Clemson last year. Who they picked at the, as their quarterback this year? Uh, they – did you uh, – so you didn't hear uh, Mac I Brown. I heard about it. Drake May was picked as the starter, and he was a top okay. 60 kid in the class of 21. Made but, in the Duke Mayo lab. I, <laughs> I don't think that I've ever heard a more unringing endorsement of a quarterback than I did with Mac Brown. Cause he's like, yeah, neither guy really separated himself, but we're going to go with Drake, Drake Bay, but uh, both could probably see the field. Uh, we'll see how things go. And I was That's like, some Brian Kelly shit. That's uh, 2016 yeah. Kaiser's Zaire shit. That's Brian Kelly picking an LSU starter shit. <laughs> I just, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna think about this though, maybe the the uh, thing to worry about is is the fact that Storm Duck is still on the uh, the North Carolina team, right? He is, but they were I, the 105th ranked defense last oh, year. Oh, okay, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> who's the Who's the other corner? Tony Grimes. He's still there, Tony right? Grimes. Oh yeah. And neither one of them done jack shit. They brought I in Jim Chizik. It's like retread so theater tired, out there. I'm so tired of hearing oh, yeah. about North Carolina. I'm so fucking tired of hearing about them. I mean, this this screams on paper seven to five team to me. They were six and six team last year. Seven and five right. would be a market improvement. And that's what that's with our champion, Fat Sam Howell. Right, because their defense was yeah, awful. Like, it was they're dreadful. not going to lose. They're not going to lose to Florida A and M. App State is probably a toss up. They're not going to lose to Georgia State. They're, they're definitely losing to Notre Dame. I, is Virginia Tech going to be garbage this year? Probably garbage, right? Probably. Miami's, yeah. They're going to. Nobody gonna knows. Miami. Look, you cannot. You cannot predict Virginia Tech. Yeah. As an that is a that is an impossible team to predict. Um. How about Virginia? Is Virginia going to be? It is. Oh, what? Virginia is going to be. Virginia is going to be dangerous. Miles Brennan. So, you guys still have Brennan Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. Brennan, Wake Forest yeah. is going to beat them. Uh, and North Carolina State's going to beat them. I, I think I've already not mentioned five losses here. So. Yeah, this is a seven and five team. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. I don't get it. I stop trying to make North Carolina happen. It's not going to happen, Gretchen. It is not. So we're going on the bye week. I assume we're all picking cheeseburger to win. <laughs> which? Hey, all right. Which which fast food chain would you rather eat a cha- cheeseburger from? Top of the head. Fire it off real quick, Jude. Would I rather? What were my choices? Would I rather? Any, like, any fast any food chain? It's they're all they're all down the road. Which one do you go for? Which one do you hit up for a cheeseburger? Just uh, a regular ass cheeseburger. Five guys. Five guys. Hardee's. I don't have a Hardee's near me. Well, they're all by you in this theoretical. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever eaten a Hardee's cheeseburger. They're fantastic. I mean, Five Guys isn't isn't Five uh, Guys is uh, good uh, because I can order one fry and feed the family for a week. <laughs> yeah, true. It's not an incorrect choice. Uh, I'll say that it wasn't my choice, but it's not an incorrect choice. All right, 
right. So let's get to real uh, games. Off to Vegas. Off to Vegas. Vegas. BYU. Who wants, to, who wants to grab the cougar by the horns? Cougars have horns? No, they don't. Who wants to grab the cougar by the, the, the scruff? Uh, so they were good last this. year. They, they were, were good last year. They returned a lot of they returned a lot of players uh, that are all aged thirty, married with three kids. Yeah. Um, no, they're good. And if you look at the uh, kind of like the the preseason positional rankings, um, kind of across the different media outlets, there's quite a number of BYU players. Uh, in there, uh, some their offensive line is going to be going to be pretty good, um, which you'd expect. I mean, these guys are like 27 years old, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm like, this is fucking legit. That's, this that's is not BYU. You, like, I'm looking this is, at Gun- it's not BYU does it. I'm looking at uh, Gunnar Romney's uh, uh, pr- profile, and it says wife's name is Sadie. <laughs> like, there you go. <laughs> he's married already. Yeah, dude. That's. I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, no, they're they're. I think they're going to be a good football team. I just don't think they're going to have it enough in them. I mean, they're just they are not. Look, Notre Dame is a top ten, at least caliber football team. BYU does not touch that. They're not playing in Provo. This is a neutral site game in Vegas. I don't give a shit if if half the stadium or three quarters of the stadium is going to be BYU fans. Does not matter one bit at all. We have Michael Mayer. They do not. We have Isaiah Foskey. They do not. It's it's going to be a win. Uh, I I would bet the spread's probably going to be like around. Notre Dame's probably giving up eight. I, I say eight, eight and a half points. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think at that by that at that moment. Um, but this feels like a like a ten to uh, you know a ten point to fourteen point win. 10 seems more, I think 10 is pretty accurate. I can see this being like, uh, like 34. I don't know, man, like 34, 20, 34, 24, somewhere, somewhere around there. Actually, this feels like weird game all over to me. I don't, I don't see name losing. I just feel like it could be a little, like you walk out going, Oh, that was a little icky for me. Arizona State 2013. Yes. Yep. Weird. They're coming off a bye, and that's that's an interesting component for Freeman is how he manages the bye because that's something sure. a lot of like head coaches got to do. Yeah, they went five and over to the Pac-12 last year. BYU did. They did lose three games to Baylor, Boise, and UAB, and the best player, unquestionably, Tyler Algier, is not on the roster anymore. I mean. I don't know. One one problem I have when I look at like a BYU is they're going to be sound fundamentally because um, they have a lot of old players. But like we are going to learn so much about BYU in that week three Oregon game. Oh, well, they got to play Baylor, too. They got Baylor and yeah. at Oregon. Oh, Baylor, too. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Their I mean, schedule is actually could, pretty. They play Arkansas this year. They, they play a tough schedule. Yeah. yeah. They play. They play. They play a playoff. Listen, this is a. This team goes. I, I will say this. <laughs> they be I will say this. BYU has a legitimate, a legitimate playoff schedule. Yes. So if they get to this game against Notre Dame unscathed, 
Oh, now I'm very I'm worried. A, I'm going to say all bets are off. Yeah. If you if Notre Dame faces off against an undefeated BYU team, prepare to be uncomfortable. Because uh, I, they, I they could have two losses, but if they're yeah if they're undefeated, it that means they're, they're undefeated. Good. Be, be be prepared to be uncomfortable because I actually think one one loss would be very interesting too because it you know they lose to Baylor and then beat Oregon or beat Baylor and then lose to Oregon. It's like that's the, the both those scenarios are interesting to me. They're interesting, yeah. but they're not playoff. They're not playoff worthy. No, absolutely, and 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 that so, would probably make it. And I think that I think that dynamic in itself, like uh, undefeated BYU playing a Notre Dame team that refused to come to Provo, but we'll meet them in Vegas. I think I think there is a there is so much working there that that game gets uncomfortable quickly, and you know I'm not still not ruling out. You know I'm. Still would believe Notre Dame would win, but that—that's they—they they would put everything they have into that because what, Brendan, what's their? I don't have their schedule pulled up. What's their schedule after Notre Dame? Arkansas. It actually looks Liberty, a lot easier. ECU, Boise. No, Arkansas Boise. is not going to be a walk in the park. No, Arkansas. No, no. I, I, but look at like East Carolina, Utah Tech. That's not right. Good. Stanford's Stanford, not good. Stanford's, Stanford's not good. Boise might be interesting. Boise I be bet. Interesting. My 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 guess for BYU is that they probably do pop Baylor because Baylor has to replace a lot and they get Baylor yeah. in Provo and then they lose at Oregon, beat Wyoming, beat Utah State. And then they're a one loss team, probably a top top 20 team, maybe like 15, right. 17. Going so into they, that lose, game. they lose three, possibly four games this this in the on a schedule on paper at the beginning of the season. Right. We're looking at Oregon. Notre Dame and Arkansas is definite, and then maybe Boise or Baylor. Well, Arkansas is in Provo too, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, see that that's the thing. Like this again, with the caveat of if they're undefeated, if they take out South Florida, Baylor, Oregon, Wyoming, Utah State before they get to Notre Dame, which can happen. That Baylor Oregon back to back is going to be tough, but what? But the Baylor game is in Provo, um, and then Oregon isn't. Not like they're traveling far, and BYU is a team that's that's used to doing this kind of thing, anyways. But I mean, Notre Dame and Arkansas are like the last stand between that and a legitimate claim from BYU to get into the the college football playoff. I mean, I don't give a shit about I don't give a shit about Utah Tech being on there or nothing. They will just use an undefeated claim, and the amount of ranked teams that they have on their schedule: Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and say. I mean, they're going to be if they are undefeated playing against Notre Dame. It is all marbles are on the fucking table. They know exactly what they're playing for, and we know exactly how that works because, hey, we we're an independent too. We know how how that schedule works. Like you, this is the last few chances to like impress the voters before you go on like a string of like shit games. Well, I mean, yeah, because after Arkansas, this ba- basically. I mean, they got Stanford at the end of the season, but I mean, that's Stanford's going to be eight, eight, an eight loss. Especially, team. yeah, especially at the end of the season, Stanford will be playing for uh, to get the fuck off the field. Yeah, they might even have a fired head coach because they're going to be an eight loss team at that point. I don't. Know, I just think this could be, this could be a a much more interesting game, um, but. BYU could very well also be walking in uh, into Vegas with two losses, you know, maybe three, because 
I mean, hey, let's not count out Utah State, which is um, which has been a tough, yeah, they've been a very tough and interesting program over the years too. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, that the Mormons got to go to South Florida. That's interesting too. So, Josh, are you picking? Are you picking BYU? No, absolutely not. Of course, I'm not. But I'm just saying. I mean, maybe I'm hyping it up. I, this this game out out in the desert could be a little more interesting. Cool. I still I still say that Notre Dame covers a. I still think a spread of an eight and a half is probably what's going to happen, and Notre Dame uh, will cover that. But it could be it could get interesting. Do you, do you think BYU is going to win? I do not. I do not. Although so, I can't, I would love to see an undefeated BYU and see. I would too. I think it'd be an interesting game. At this point in the season, Notre Dame is five games in. All right. Jude's got him at four and one. Brennan and I have him at five and zero. What's the difference in ranking between five and zero and four and one? Do you guys think at this point? Depends on what the Ohio State loss looks like. In Jude's scenario, Jude, let's go. Let's do Notre scenario Dame's top up. ten. Still top ten. Like a Jude scenario, where does Notre Dame drop to from five? They drop to 11? 11, 12, yeah. Nine? Nine would be my guess. Nine? I think they drop out Nines? of the top ten. Yeah. I mean, a, a five and Notre Dame team is, is two in the country. See, but I, I've learned from Kirk Herbstreet that if you lose the first game of the season, is it really a loss? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't, is it really a loss? Did the they other team was better. The game? Did they actually play the game? Yeah. But the other team is better. It doesn't matter that they lost. It was the first week, man. It was the first week. It's like the first bong toke. Do you really get high off of that? No. Ah, David Shaw coming back to South Bend. David Shaw orchestrating maybe the shittiest three-win team in the history of college football. They were the 113th ranked scoring offense last year. They were the 106th ranked scoring defense last year. They were the 126th ranked rushing offense last year. They were the 127th ranked rushing defense last year. They were the 82nd ranked (laughs) passing defense this year. And the only reason they were the 43rd ranked (laughs) passing defense this last year is because they were the 127th ranked rushing defense and Notre Dame threw 75% completion and had their way through the air and didn't have to throw the football. Stanford was hot steaming garbage that somehow beat USC Vanderbilt and Oregon last year. (laughs) As their three wins. This team is awful. And I will, I, I will spend no further time talking about I hereby yield the remainder of my time to just saying Notre Dame's going to win. I, I have one thing to say about this game. Or maybe it's two things. Number one, Notre Dame wins this game 52 to 10. Number oh, two. Yeah. Number awesome. Number two. I really hope Freeman keeps the tradition. I hope he's chugging out of the Legends Trophy. Say what you will about Brian Kelly, and many people will have say many different things about BK. A lot of them aren't good right now. But I did always appreciate Brian Kelly 
with the rivalry trophies, even though it could have been more public in my mind, embracing them in the locker with the team, making them something, making it an emotional thing, just making it more fun and chugging shit out of a big glass bowl is always fun. And I hope that is tradition now, right? Like Notre Dame's like, if it doesn't, if, if you do it twice, it's tradition, right? Flew Holtz is the one doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian Kelly's all time winning his coach in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So well, it's tradition now. <clears throat> just saying, I hope Marcus Freeman follows that tradition and that'll be the first game. We would have a chance with a, uh, quote unquote rivalry trophy. So at this point, uh, we're moving on back to Vegas, but Vegas is coming to town with, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, with Nevada, Las Vegas. I, uh, I don't know anything about UNLV. I didn't, uh, I didn't bother to, to prep anything for them because, uh, they're awful. So I, I have a question. I have a, yeah. I have a question. Jude. Yeah. When was the last time that a college football team played another college football team? When's the last time this stupid shit happened? We, <laughs> sorry, I'm having too many drinks. Has it ever happened where you, where you, where you went to the, went to this, to a team on your schedules, home played there, but not them, but got them in your house. Has that ever happened before? Because UNLV plays at Allegiant field. I went to UNLV's house to play, to play a game, but not them. And then, but UNLV is coming to our house to play. Has that happened at any other time? I can't think I, of how it could exist. I, I mean, I was outside of, outside of bowl games, outside of bowl games. I'm trying to think of a scenario in which we can make this happen, right? It would be going to like I think Notre Dame is a is a candidate going to Heinz Field done this to play before. a neutral site game, but not against Pitt. Right? That's the one. Uh, it could be a game at Hard Rock and playing Miami. Oh yeah, or like no, I was just, <laughs> that's Syracuse about can't it. Play. But Syracuse I'm not can't claim it. Syracuse can't claim MetLife. No, they can't. They try, but they can't. Yeah, I, I'm just saying this might be the only time in college football history. So, and it's really funny because, because again, UNLV is on the schedule because they switched weekends with Cal to allow Cal to play Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame. It's like a, it was almost like a three way trade, right? Which is that Cal was originally scheduled to play UNLV on the weekend that Cal is now playing Notre Dame. And so to make that weekend work, Notre Dame agreed to take UNLV. And that's why UNLV is on our schedule, because otherwise, what's the point of playing UNLV? Well, Well, according to my wife, there's no point. And she absolutely (laughs) fucking refuses to go to this game. (laughs) I think I, I think I saw that FPI gave this, Notre Dame a ninety-eight point three percent chance of winning this game. I'm not sure how much we need to talk about UNLV. So that was it. That was the only thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> was, We're good. was the We're good was the stadium thing. Speaking of of odd stadiums, uh, yeah. Uh, once again, another Jude game. This is a Jude centric. Uh, this is a this is a Jude year. Yeah, uh, Jude. Jude. What, what do you know about Q's football? And they were the 122nd ranked pass offense last year. 
I know that I have season tickets to Q's this year, and uh, I cannot wait to see him play, <laughs> see, play, see him play Wagner on uh, October 1st, which is also band day. How much did the Q's tickets run you, the season tickets? So I, I did opt to go for a little bit better of a seat, and you have to buy two seats. So it was 150 for each seat. So seven games, $300. Um, I'm still sitting in the 300 level, but it's kind of a, it's, 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 it's a better, it's a better viewpoint. It's a little bit closer of a seat. Um, having said that, you know, we're selling as a Notre Dame club, we're selling single game tickets for a hundred dollars, maybe a hundred and I think it's a hundred dollars. And I know Syracuse was sending, selling as a package where you had to buy two other games that you probably didn't want for a hundred dollars. So that's what I was going to ask you. Are you, did you buy the season tickets to get the Notre Dame tickets? Cause the, 100%, the, cause 100%. The whole like, I've got, I've got my in-laws coming. I've got my parents coming. My sister and her family are coming. Um, I, I've, I've had an open invitation to everyone in the OFD podcast world. Uh, and on Twitter that if you're coming, let me know, because I, if you needed tickets, I'm, I'm committed to finding you a ticket. I don't think it's going to be particularly hard just because I know of, a lot of people who are getting tickets. Um, but if you find your way to central New York, let's do it, man. Let's, let's, we'll get you in the stadium. So, so Jude, give me, give me your, um, Jude, I just want your expert opinion on what this Syracuse team is going to bring to the table playing Notre Dame this year. Um, I have no idea. Literally no idea. I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm literally hoping for a hassle-free weekend, fun, um, good game, but not at all competitive because that's what I need. And I need it to be a, a kickoff that's announced way in advance because it'll screw up all the other plans for the announcement like six days before. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I have not looked into Syracuse at all. Um, you're going to know more than me on, on this, but I I, I, I was impressed with them in their camping world year, and it's been all downhill since. So, yeah, they got good linebackers, uh, but I don't know the the curse of the of the Carrier Dome. I refuse to call it whatever the fuck they want to call it. Oh God, I don't even um, know what the new name is. Who cares? I don't. Chris, don't care. Carrier it's, Car- it's Carrier Dome forever. Um, but uh, Reyes uh, will always haunt haunt me. Yeah, he's dead now, but he he literally haunts me. <laughs> well, so he is haunting me. Yeah. Um, that's sad. He could, man. Sad. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame just they 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 win this. They're just they're too talented. Whatever. But I don't like playing in a dome. It's an affront to God. God wants to look down from the heavens, and he can't see you if you're in a hermetically sealed. Uh, Bubble. Yeah, the all, the all, the all-powerful, omniscient, <laughs> God uh, is mad that, that he can't see. He's much like Hal Nine Thousand. He can't see you uh, if the door's closed. Yeah. All right. So so like a little dice. This ahead. is a big one, right? The next game. This is the big <laughs> one. Oh. I thought you were talking about Syracuse. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. So if they beat Ohio State, then I think that the, the question is, what does the win mean for the Clemson game? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, oh my uh, God. The, the Pete Samson mean comes full circle. 
Um, because I think of all of the games on this schedule, this is the one when, when I'm looking at it, I don't know anything. I don't know yes, so anything weird. about this Clemson team. Clemson's what ranked fourth in the nation. And they don't know who the right side of their offensive line is. Um, we don't even know if DJ Uyunglele is going to be the quarterback come this game. We don't know who their wide receivers are going to be in this football game. I, I they have a great, they have a great defensive line. A fucking they have, fantastic. Brian Brise is the best defensive tackle probably since Indomitian Sue. Miles um, Murphy. Miles Murphy. They have an elite secondary. They have a championship capable defense. But I, I, that was under um, a different coordinator who's now coaching in Oklahoma. I don't Who's know. It's a pretty good goddamn good defensive coordinator too. Brent Venables. It like, was like you're not you're not I, upgrading on defensive coordinator. You're not. You're hiring from within with Wes Goodwin. You're hiring within with Brandon Streeter as your offensive coordinator. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a possibility that this Clemson team, if DJ Ungale comes in and he rediscovers himself from that 2020 Notre Dame game with Will Shipley and the, their line settles out, that this team could be a world beater. But I mean, they have an early tilt against NC State. I, I don't know what this Clemson team is. I think Clemson needed to do what they didn't do. Like one of the things that made Clemson great throughout this run, right. Is the fact that, you know, all these assistants stayed and it was just this machine that just kept working year after year after year. Right. Well, last year we kind of saw that machine get pretty fucking stale, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now they had some bad luck with some injuries. And again, their offensive line is just not, it's not, on the level of what a normally like a, a championship team would be. But I really think Clemson needed to fucking get outside of the box, bring some fresh ideas. Like there comes a time where things stale out and you need new ideas. You need new sets of eyeballs <clears throat> and to constantly like have the same ones. You're not the changes that need to be made. Aren't so noticeable. I mean, they're, they're not, they don't stick out like a sore thumb. To a new set of eyes, maybe it does. But for them not to like go out and get one of the better defensive coordinators, one of the better established offensive coordinators, I think it's fucking hubris. Like to, to think that this is going to keep all just keep working the way that it was. Um, I just I don't see it. Like I, I do not see that working. Like there comes a point where you have to mix the shit up. Look at look at Nick Saban for God's sakes. You know, I mean, those guys go out and get big time jobs because it's, you know, you coach it. But you got to bring in outside outside people to make yourself he's, better. He's constantly Alabama, influxing Alabama new is, or new is a much better team now than it was four years ago because Lane Kiffin w- did a little stint there. You know, it's like you got you to keep adding like there's no spice in Clemson. That is the, the whitest fucking that is the whitest goddamn bowl of fucking chili ever. You need, it needs to be a little spicier. They did not add anything from the outside. I think this could be a a, a real big year of uh, of the storyline being what's wrong with Dabo, kind of a thing, right? Because they're I think I if they struggle the way that I think they could, because if they stay as stale as they were last year, then they're fucked. They really are. 
some of these ACC teams are gonna are gonna clip them just because they can score some points. Are they? Uh, I mean, they have it. They have a. I, they have a pretty easy schedule. Are they, but are they going to be able to it's, clip this defense? Is going to probably be, if not the best, maybe the second best defense in college football next this year, right? I mean, if you off if your offense, we've seen it though. If your offense can't move the football the way it's, the way it's supposed to, I mean, just they did it. It happened to them last year. But they they kept they kept Georgia close, right? I mean, they gave Georgia yeah, a I mean, scare in that opener. I'm not saying they're a shit team by any stretch. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, but the changes that they're not putting in place. Yeah. Cause puts them in a position of, of being in trouble when they shouldn't be. I mean, they, you look up and down Clemson's schedule. They, sh- they really shouldn't be games that they are in trouble with, but Hey, you play fuck around. You can get clipped. I okay, mean, they I'll go that way, you know, Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College, Florida State. That doesn't sound like a murderer's row, those four games. But two are ranked right now, Wake Forest, NC State. BC could see some shit happen with Phil. I mean, and Florida State has talent. They just don't know what the hell to do with it. These could be four teams where you play fuck around. They can clip you. So, and what, one the BC games at, at BC, the Wake Forest games at, at Wake Forest. I'm just saying, I I think Clemson's a really good football team that is that could suffer from their own hubris this year. Sort of like if Brian Kelly hadn't made outside hires when he did after the 2016 season. How yeah, it, like if, it would have changed the trajectory of Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame. Yeah, like if you just would have fired, if you would have got rid of Van Gorder after the 2015 season, like you should have. How much different than 2016? Quite a bit. bit. Yeah. So the one thing that I, that I think is that we're going to find out a lot about who this Clemson team is against North Carolina State, but I also weirdly feel more confident about Notre Dame winning against Clemson if Clemson beats North Carolina State. And here's why I think that. Clemson will be in the driver's seat for the Atlantic at that point. And the game against Notre Dame will mean nothing to their, their ultimate ambitions. I, I understand that they we've probably, talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they'll remain focused on their path through the ACC championship and not necessarily whether or not that they can beat Notre Dame because they'll know they'll see Notre Dame again. And it really, the game, they've learned that the first game is sort of inconsequential in this ultimate matchup. Right. Right. And so, right. I I I think we might have a good laugh of what we are predicting here because I don't know who's going to be their quarterback and I'm we're assuming that we know who our quarterback's going to be but like, like so much could have gone sideways for either one of these teams by the time that we ultimately meet or these could or they or they could be on a, a path towards greatness and Clemson is merely a uh, a speed bump along the way. Right. And so I'm going to say Notre Dame wins this game. Um, but I, I, I think it, it, this all comes with certain expectations about who the offense is going to be and certain players staying healthy and, and, and also certain players on the defense staying healthy. So it's just, now we're getting into the, the levels of uncertainty and trying to pick games in August that, that 
uh, for games that are happening in November. It's just, it's a fool's errand, but uh, I'm happy to, to play to play the game as long as we're not taking this super seriously. Oh, I'm playing it seriously, Jude. <laughs> I'm playing this game seriously. Well, let let, let me repick before uh, the Clemson game, and I think I might, you know, I might have a different <laughs> point of view. Um. Yeah, I just uh, I just know that they're going to have a really good, really, 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 really good defense. And just the fact that they didn't have they still don't have that offensive line settled gives me a lot of pause for what they want to do, because the thing that I think that we know about Clemson is I think Will Shipley's good and I think all of the running backs are probably pretty good. Um, but if if you don't have if your offensive line's not settled. I don't I don't I don't know how you're going to be able to be consistently good um you know Josh going through it you're right I mean this is November if this game was played like the Georgia game was in September um Clemson certainly got better I guess offensively as the year went on but they also played worse competition as the year went on last year so right. when I look at Clemson like as the year goes on I mean Will Shipley got hurt last year right and oh yeah. <clears throat> even when he gonna, played, he was hurt. And your defense is just going to be constantly in these spots if DJU isn't able to to put it together. Uh yeah. I think Notre Dame wins this football game. If if they don't beat Ohio State, this is the game that sort of um, earmarks the beginning of the uh, Freeman era, right? Because I think Clemson plays an okay schedule, but I mean, if we're if we're picking Clemson games, you're going to go through that list and you're going to pick all dubs if you're a Clemson person or just a regular person. Um, so I think no, this is sort of, you know, the, the Ohio State game might be sort of a, a pipe dream. But this is really the game where I think that um, two good defenses are going to meet on the field and we're going to see what these quarterbacks can do. And this is going to be the one for me where Marcus Freeman uh, if it's not the Ohio State game, it's this one where he kind of stamps himself. Uh, so, if, if they lose both Ohio State and Clemson, they are the voters are going to put Notre Dame in the purgatory they put them in in 2019. We will just never go oh, above 15. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's not – then they would only have beaten Marshall, Cal, North Carolina, BYU, and Stanford, ULV, Syracuse at that point. How, right. how can you blame any voter for doing that? Right. No, but it'll be it'll be 15 regardless of what they do by the end of the year. That's what I'm saying. They'll never get better. Right. Uh, well, they have I USC mean, theoretically. Theoretically. Theoretically, USC could be could – be, I won't even say good. They could be ranked high. Uh, and you could clip. I don't understand clip that. that. I just don't – I mean I understand who they picked up in the offseason, but they're still they're – still, Core yes. of a four and eighteen, right? Well, let's get let's let's get to Navy first. Okay. We're gonna get down to USC. Uh, does anyone think Navy's gonna win? No. Uh, Moving on. You don't think that four and eight? Shouldn't even be on the fucking okay. schedule. Yep. They suck. No, shouldn't even be on the schedule. Four and eight. They're awful. They're gonna be on the schedule. Worst. Uh, all right. So Boston College. Before you guys make your picks, I'm gonna give you a little nugget. They're replacing all five offensive linemen. <laughs> Oops. That's my that's my gift to you before you make your pick, Joshua. Joshua, the floor is yours. They're replacing all five offensive linemen. Have at it. 
So that means they'll yeah, be replacing their quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I'll be amazed if I'll be amazed if Phil makes it to this game. To be honest with you. I still don't understand why Zay Flowers didn't didn't go to the NFL after last year. He could have been a third round um, pick, second third round pick. I, I think I think Flowers is a is a player, uh, and he's going to be a major part of of what if anything that BC does offensively throughout the year. But I mean, I just think Phil's going to get smoked, man. And, and that's not a slight against Phil. I just you're right. The offensive line was. I mean, he's. He has a knack of getting hurt as it is. So, um, I don't know. I I think I like uh, I like BC defensively more than I think other people do for some reason. They were 96th in sacks last year, and they were 92nd in run defense. Yeah, I think they I, I think they improve upon those numbers this year. I just I just <laughs> they can, they can only go up. <laughs> Goddamn right. No, I I think Notre Dame's they have a what, there's a bad rap about senior day, right? There is, and it's it's unnecessary. It's un. I was gonna say, does that need a does that need the Lisa Simpson meme treatment? Because I'm not sure yeah. that the senior day rap actually. It does, up. it does. So okay. uh, drop drop a pin in that, Brendan, and we'll circle back to that uh, <laughs> on that day. God, I'm breaking out some office shit, baby. Um, no, I just I don't know. I I just gotta. It just feels like a hunky dory kind of a game for some reason or another. And not and it really has nothing to do with senior day. Um Notre Dame will never be in any danger of losing this game, but it's just there's gonna be some moments and it's like, huh? Huh. Maybe that's because we're we're banged up or whatnot, but it's post clumps and body be, blow. You're gonna have a yeah, Navy you're gonna have body, a f- Navy, Navy Navy body, body blow, blow, right? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have a few uncomfortable moments, just put it that way. Um, I still think that Notre Dame is a winning, but um, it won't be the um, what is now tradition because it happened last year, uh, the 52 nothing senior day blowout. Do you think that um, George Takas, the combination of new offensive coordinator John McNulty and new graduate tight end George Takas has an impact in this game? Uh yeah, they'll be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? I mean, you show up anywhere, there. you impact it. Breathing up the, you're breathing up the oxygen around you. Sure. Funny. All right. Well, this brings us to the conclusion of our journey here tonight. Um, the first matchup, uh, between coaches that'll probably be here for, for a hot minute. I mean, when was the last time that Notre Dame and USC were both breaking in new coaches in a season? Oh, right. That's right. 2010, right? (laughs) Uh, The Lincoln Riley era has arrived and Notre Dame is traveling to USC for that football game. Um, USC by all accounts is going to be starting. Get this eight transfers. There are going to be eight players who were not a part of USC's roster last year that transferred in from other programs that are slated to start for USC. There are 35 players who weren't on USC's roster last year who are now on their football team. It's almost an entirely new team. 
with a brand new head coach. How much is that going to matter in by week 12? They probably will have more transfers as their shitty strength and conditioning coach from Oregon or from uh, Oklahoma who, uh, you know? Yeah. So I think as far as like the transfers go, like it definitely, I mean, let me say the most obvious here. It definitely helps USC to get, to get all those guys. But it still didn't really address like how bad their offensive line play has been. Their defense has not been that good. Now they got a couple of guys in the portal that they think can help them, but I think I need a little bit more help than that to like be on the level. Uh, but offensively, yeah, they they should be able to throw the ball um, as long as you know Caleb Williams doesn't get fucking killed uh, from the blind side. But he can move too, so he's mobile. He's able to to escape a little bit. He's probably going to have to. Um, but all I want to say really is that after the Pete Carroll era, it's just nice to know that this could be the third time in a decade that Notre Dame shows up to LA undefeated and leaves LA undefeated. And that this feels good. This feels good, man. Like, I mean, are you, picking, are you picking a Notre Dame win? Are you yeah. picking Notre Dame to win and then finish the season undefeated? I I am, of course. Show me the loss. I'm not wrong. I I think this is the more important one for me. Um, Judy, are you picking Notre Dame to win this football game? I am. Okay, so Notre Dame. I'm picking Notre Dame to win as well. Uh, so Jude, does an 11 and one Notre Dame football team make the college football playoff? No. Mm. Is there really enough after a how? I mean, I, I guess it depends. Jude, does it? Do you think Clemson is a top five program? Like legit? No. Like a, a, but I'm wondering if there'll be enough wins in the top twenty-five. So yeah, if we're looking it, at it. I'm going to look, I've had this debate for years. We don't know the answers. We don't know. Right. And but we, well, we think my answer is, I think I know. Okay. Like, like I don't, I'm not a person who believes Notre Dame has to be undefeated and I'm not even using the 2020 case for it. No, but I'm using but, other, uh, other but you, seasons you where they cannot be they compared could have to, had they want. to, you cannot be compared to a conference champion that, that will not go well for you. You'll not win that one. So you're going to have to be compared to somebody who lost their conference championship or was not in their conference championship. No, I, I get that. I'm just, I'm just saying there's a, there's a path for, for an 11, one Notre Dame. There's absolutely a path. It's just, absolutely it's, a, a path. it's, it thinks certain things have to fall in certain ways. Right. I, I just feel like you're like one of these teams that one of these teams on the schedule is going to have to be much better than what we're projecting them right now. Like, well, like, like North Carolina, you, maybe you're have beating to be a, a lot top, top 20 BYU team. Maybe you're beating a top 20 Clemson team, you know, top so. 10 Clemson. So, okay. so if you're beating Clemson, you're probably knocking the ACC out of the playoff. If you're beating USC, honestly, you're probably mm. knocking the that's, that's, Pac 12. That's, that's the thing is I don't know that you're knocking the ACC out of the playoff because NC state exists. So you're on board with saying that, I mean, where, where do you place NC state? I mean, if NC State beats Clemson, NC State theoretically could run the table. But right, 
what's your favorite component about the NC State football team? Oh no, I'm just I'm 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 solely echoing the hype train. That's all. Right. I, I, I'm not I'm not really vouching for NC State. I'm just saying I'm just trying to think aloud on this. I mean, you guys are forgetting about Pat Narduzzi and Pitt. Yeah. Uh, who can forget about uh, who is it? Does he have uh, Keaton Slovis or is he JT Daniels? I forget which member of the backyard brawl is going to have which he, USC he, transfer he, quarterback. He he is Keaton Slovis. <laughs> right. But here's, so, but I mean, honest to God, and this is no bullshit here. Pitt plays West Virginia at home. Yeah. Tennessee at home. Mm-hmm. And then they go on a string of Western Michigan and Rhode Island. And then they're then they go off of their ACC schedule that oh by the way does not include Clemson. It's they got to pick up they got to pick up Clemson. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Louisville, North Carolina, Syracuse, Virginia, Duke. The Miami game could be interesting, and that's going to be in Miami. But I mean, Pitt. It's why like Pitt has been a school that 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 some pundits keep bringing up, and I and I just well the, uh, it was like two or three days ago I heard it and I'm just like what the fuck like why is Pitt there's there's no way. And then you go back and look, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and mean, if, they you, can make it. They, there's a path to make it interesting here. But I like, mean, we, we, oh, we were an 11 one team that didn't that didn't go to the to a playoff game last year, though. Right, but right? is it 11 one? Is it 11 one or 12 one pit team? I mean, our one loss was in a conference championship game. What you so, think last year? The, no, I'm yeah. saying last year. Oh yeah, yeah. It needed it needed the circumstances of Alabama being beating the number one team that had spent the basically the whole year in the number one spot. And Notre Dame didn't have well, I mean, who's your favorite ranked win last year, right? Right. That's the problem. That was the problem too. Yeah. And I don't think you're gonna run into that same issue. No, I, I don't think you're gonna I think that that'll alleviate itself. The Oklahoma State ending was weird to their big 12 championship game. Right. Like that was unexpected too. So there, there was, I thought there was a, I, I, I still believe that there was a path for them to make the playoff at 11 and one last year, but the they just needed, it didn't fall right. Well, they right, just needed just Georgia to win. They just needed Georgia to win. And they were in, if right. Georgia won, or, then they were in the, playoff. or Iowa or Iowa or <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Right, but I'm just saying, like, like that that championship weekend, there was a string of things that could happen. We got yeah, one of them, one of them, and then the other ones and didn't didn't happen. We just needed one more to fall. I uh, also think happen. I also think changing your loss around might have been might have might have made a difference too. Because if you gave Cincinnati their only loss, then that would have changed the dynamic as well. That's true. Yeah, I don't know where if you would have picked up a second loss somewhere where somebody would have looked at Cincinnati as being. Worthy enough for Notre Dame to, to to have scooted in, but what I'm saying is Cincinnati's not playing in the in the Cotton Bowl if they have one loss, right? No, oh no, yeah. no, 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 no. So yeah, that yeah. you don't have to worry about them being in front of you, right? Right, right. I don't know. I'm, yeah, the, I'm not overly excited about this this year's schedule. And this, I guess, I don't, I do not believe an 11 and one Notre Dame team makes the playoffs with this schedule. And I base that off of, I base this off of 
my own projections about how these teams that we have this year are going to be on the schedule. And then what else is going to go on in college football? You're going to have two. Georgia and Bama are going to be in the fucking playoff again. They just are. I, I don't think uh, I think that there will be some uh, hesitancy to put in both of them back to back years from one. I do conference. not. I do not. I do not think there'd be one bit of hesitancy. I think they would do it just to prove that they wouldn't hesitate. That they think these are the two best teams. Because Georgia's schedule yeah. is is it's a cakewalk. The, you know, they they open with Oregon and then there's nothing there. Um, Alabama's schedule. I mean, Alabama is. I mean, we're all playing runner up to Alabama in in any event. But um, I mean, it's. Like I said, I could see Bama, Georgia, your Big 12 champion, and um, – oh, Christ, what am I – I just had it in my head. Ohio and, State. Oh, and Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, Ohio State. Like, say, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. And then you'll have, like – Oh, I don't think Oklahoma's going to be very good. Well, I don't either. I'm just saying I – doesn't mean they can't run through their Big 12 schedule. Oh, right, right. I mean, what's their – they don't have any huge out-of-conference games, right, Oklahoma? No. Like Texas has to play Bama. Yeah, that's a lot. And that's not even to say – yeah, I'm just – that's not even to say that they have it. I'm just saying regardless of how good you are, you can still get through that schedule and make it there. I don't know. I just – I don't see a one-loss Notre Dame team making it. It just – one of these teams is going to have to be much, much better than what we're – projecting like say North Carolina, like maybe they, maybe they finally become the North Carolina of the media's dreams. Um, but know, the Clemson is that team. What the Clemson is the fourth ranked team in college football. I mean, they're not going to lose I, more than two games. They're going to, they're going to be probably my, my prediction. My prediction is Clemson's ranked 13th when they're, when they come to South Bend. Oof. I think they get clipped. If Notre Dame, think, if Notre Dame loses a close game to Ohio State and the game was broadcast on ESPN and ESPN is now in bed with with the Big Ten, not big, not in bed not with the Big, big Ten, ten. not in bed with the Big Ten, no. then ESPN will be campaigning overtime to make sure that – wait, let's see. What hurts What hurts the Big Ten the most? Making Pretending like that game didn't matter and getting – and stumping for Notre Dame to get in? Is that how? Yes. Yeah. That, that would make them upset. So a couple of things, a couple of things I'm with Brennan on the fact that um, if Notre Dame loses a close game in, in Columbus, the game didn't happen. And ESPN will sell that, uh, <laughs> that the game that is the first game of the season didn't count. So I can see that a little bit, but I, I just look, I don't, I don't think Clemson's going to make it to South Bend unscathed. I think they're going to have a loss. Uh, I yeah, think they're going to look by NC State. I think they're going to look bad doing it. Like, I think. I just I I have no faith in their offense at all whatsoever. Period. I think their defense is great, but their offense is trash, and that spells disaster. That can look worse than a really good offense and a bad defense. Because you if when people when you have a an offense that ain't clicking, and it just it just looks terrible. It, we've seen it. We're Notre Dame fans. We've seen it. The years where the offense gives the ball it. where the fuck. It is bad, man, and it makes you look worse than what you maybe you are. I think Clemson shows up in South Bend ranked around 13, 
And so beating them drops them down into uh, into the twenties. And you, now you're in now you're later in the season, so it's just not going to get looked at as as well. I just I don't think this schedule has what Notre Dame needs. For, especially to get in on 11 to one. I mean, if they go undefeated, they go undefeated. They're going to get in. It's, yeah. it's not without question. I think, I think you're putting too much credence on North Carolina state. I think that they are, um, this year's 2015 Georgia tech. I think they're a media darling going into the year. And I think NC state ends up with three losses because it's Dave Dorn. I think I think we're giving too much credence and too much respect to an NC State team that has at no point in the history of that program under Dave Dorn proven to be anything more than a three loss team. Well, then how about Wake Forest, who constantly surprises people at every turn? I I mean, has to play the week before the NC State game. Yeah, if you want to if you want to pick if you want to pick the 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 the. the the claw fence, I mean, you're welcome to it, but I, I just, I think Clemson's got a lot of flaws, but I just think the ACC is hot trash and people are just looking for reasons to prop up another team in that garbage conference. And, and, and I mean, even if Clemson's undefeated coming to Notre Dame, which I don't believe they will be, but even if they are, they still have to go. They still have to play Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina right. to end the season. Miami now. The one, yeah. Miami could be the one. Now that's games. That game's in Clemson, so that's that probably works out better for Miami. So they're not so fucking embarrassed by having twenty people show up at the stadium. Uh, but look, South Carolina is a rivalry game, um, and they still have South Carolina still has talent. We don't really know what Spencer. They got <laughs> Spencer a, Rattler. They got Spencer Rattler. They got Spencer right? Rattler. I. I I don't think Clemson. I don't think Clemson ends the season with with less than two losses. I don't. The regular season. So, what's that? What what's that mean for Notre Dame? I don't know. I mean, it just depends on like, what do you see Clemson as for the pollsters? Like, are they a two loss team that's still ranked like fourteenth, fifteenth? That still is a really great win. If they're a two loss team that's down in the twenties. Because they just look shitty while they're doing it too. We've seen that one with Notre Dame. Has seen that. Um, that makes a huge impact too. Because it's like, well, whatever. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on Clemson. Can't be. No, it's it's, it's it actually is very tough to be sold on Clemson because we don't know anything about their team. We 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 legitimately don't know anything. If there's anybody who's been more forth uh, holding of uh, fall practice stuff than Notre Dame, it has been Clemson. <laughs> hmm. But I mean, there was 36 picks there, and 35 of them were W's. It's a lot of dubs. Yeah, I don't let's know do why we're arguing about let's, one loss Notre Dame. Uh, let's Notre Dame let's make it happen. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with whatever scenario that uh, this shakes out to be with this. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, email Freeman, and let him know that we're good with we're good with any one of these, whichever one he wants to do. <sighs> All right, well, I think we should wrap this up. 
I'm so goddamn excited. Like you listen to this, it's going to be Thursday, Friday. And we are heading into week zero. We, we are going to, Oh fuck. No, let, let's, we can't wrap it up. We got to hurry up and get our picks in. Oh yeah, zero. we do have some. We got some week zero picks. All right, we'll do this quick, right, quick, 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 quick. Let's do this quickly. All right, Josh. Uh, Northwestern is playing Nebraska and Ireland. Northwestern is a thirteen point dog. Who you got? Uh, give me Northwestern and the points. Yeah, I think I want Northwestern and the points too. Uh, every uh, train. I saw a tweet today that uh, training cars in Ireland all have to have block ends on the back of them, which is the same end as the Nebraska end. So they're going to be hardened <laughs> yeah. by the fact that they think the entire nation is behind them. So give me uh, Scott Frost in the uh, Cornhuskers. Oh, see, I think Pat Fitzgerald flips that. Oh, the whole country's against us. The My native land. My hashtag is Aaron, go fly yourself. <laughs> I don't care. Dot com. Get off your cell phones. Um, somehow. Uh, Clark Lee's Vanderbilt Commodores is a favorite in a football game as they are an eight-point favorite traveling out to Hawaii to play the uh, Rainbow Warriors, so I don't think they use Rainbow anymore. Um, Josh, who you got? I like Vandy to cover. I don't know anything about either one of these teams, so I'll take the home team, Hawaii. Give me Hawaii as well. Uh, Traveling is hard. Um... Illinois and Wyoming. Um, are there any Notre Dame <laughs> running backs still at uh, Illinois? And Illinois is an 11 point favorite. Do they have an offense based around any of those running backs? Uh, is Lovey well, still in town? They they have a running back who once had an offense built around him. Yes. Is he still there? Say that. Uh, I, no, 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 he's not. He's not there. He's not there. No, no. no he transferred once again. Uh, what did you say this? The spread was 13? 11, 11 points. Fighting the Uh Well, Hicksville's finest, uh, Garrett Crawl, uh, is no longer with uh, the Wyoming Cowboys. He was an undrafted free agent, uh, went to Miami, uh, and now it looks like he's going to be part of the Hendricks Motor Team pit crew because they go yeah. after uh, UDFAs for, uh, for the pit team. Uh, for elite athletes. Anyways, um, give me Illinois okay. to cover. I really had to think about that for a second. Bert's got that shit on wraps, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, Jude, are this you is going? A, this is borderline erotic, but I'm going with Wyoming. Oh, oh I love it. Brad Prelimo. Uh, Wyoming. Um, I don't want to go all well. Let's uh, give me Illinois, Illinoisy. Come on, feel the Illinois. Yeah. Last game we got on the the old slate. Uh, Joshua's future quarterback of his professional NFL football team's uh, <laughs> al- alumnus, Utah Oof. State, playing. Uh, UConn Huskies and Utah State is a 26 point favorite against oh UConn. My. I don't I don't God, understand how so UConn has a Oh, see that's funny. So this, the line that I'm looking at here is 27 and a half. My god. Oh, it's even bigger. Yeah. I mean, I can't do anything but take UConn in the points. That's just that's a lot of points. Sure, sure you can. No, Utah. I mean, Utah's sure. 
a dumpster fire. Uh, they're bringing it back in stores, baby. I will. I will lay. I will lay the twenty six points happily. Oh, I my will gosh. too. I will too because I found out just now that you can get twenty seven. So give me the twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> that's the picks. I love it. Uh, fantastic. That's that's an exciting first weekend. At least the Northwestern Look, game. I'm excited go- for that eleven thirty. Okay. I am pretty pumped for that one. Um. Make a break for Scott Frost, right? Oh, well, yes. Yes. He could she be fired if he, loses this guy, if he loses this game. He could be fired. Will they leave Scott Frost on the tarmac in Dublin? Uh, they might. I mean, you're better off. All right. That was the pod. Jude. You got anything to uh, anything left in the tank? I'm just no. I'm just so excited about no. college football. Glad to be back with you guys after a one week hiatus. Glad the primary is over in New York State. And so let's get let's get it go. Let's go, Brenda, my friend. What's left in your tank? Uh, the only thing left Brenda, in my tank is uh, I am more hyped than I was when I saw that Jared Patterson is no longer with Scooter in a boot. So uh, I'm 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 ready to go. Let's get the season underway. Yeah, I got emotional. I was moved at that information. Emotionally moved. <clears throat> Jared Patterson's gonna play as a goddamn warrior. You know yeah. it. Yeah, he's uh, gonna he have pra- like he's gonna have eight days of practice. Yeah, he doesn't need practice. He fucking need, doesn't need it. He's out there just he's gonna be a killer. He's gonna have the spirit of fucking Quentin Nelson in him at left guard. It's all in my car. Um, yeah, I got nothing. We we're leaving it all out in the field, uh, the practice field. We are waving goodbye to the off season. Um, peace. See you later. I'm not gonna talk about conference realignment until. November, uh, <laughs> even if it's November 1st, uh, like it is, it is all gone. I love the off season. It is, there's always a lot of fun, interesting. It is more our bread and butter, uh, because you know, it's the, it's where the fun shit still lives after the season, but I am done with it. I am ready to get to some football, get to some games, see how all this stuff starts to shake out. Uh, so get excited and do it. We'll have as much coverage as I could possibly get out on one foot down this season. Uh, so come and hang out with us. <laughs> uh, use the use the fan post feature uh, for for any time you got to, you want to make some commentary. That's uh, and you'll be part of the site. All right, that is it, y'all. We're we, we're geeked. The next time we talk to you uh, will be next week, and it will be the Ohio State preview podcast and I am so excited for that thanks for listening for Jude for Brendan everybody over at One Foot Down go Irish